Live from Sacramento. Live from Sacramento. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. We are live. Happy, happy Monday. It's going to be a massive week. Think about what lies ahead. The Super Bowl is Sunday. Huge. The NBA's trade deadline is Thursday. Huge. What could the Kings do? The Kings need to bounce back. It was an ugly weekend for the Sacramento Kings. Oh, De'Aaron. De'Aaron, can you please come back soon? Baby, come back. Have a baby and get some rest and return to the Kings tonight. Oh, my God. I love it. De'Aaron, come back. We need your offense, please. Oh, I don't know. I'm out. That's how we start a Monday show. Hey, thanks so much for being here with us today. Appreciate everyone being here. If you're listening on your radio right now, we appreciate you. 1140 AM, 96.1-2 on the FM side. You could always go on YouTube, youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. We appreciate those people hanging out with us in the chat. We keep it live the whole time there. Yeah, Okay, we do. there's so much to get over. I mean, I mentioned Super Bowl week. Okay. I mentioned the big Kings get the Kings need a win tonight. An ugly Kings weekend, and Kyrie Irving got traded. On Friday, <laughs> we we're like, oh my God, he's a man to trade, and here we are. Two, like two days later, he gets traded. There are so many things to break down about this Kyrie Irving trade and things that are still coming from mm-hmm. it and what it's leading to for Thursday. I'm just so glad they ripped the band off and it happened. It's going to be insane to see what else happens by Thursday because is Kevin Durant staying? That's it. That's are they going to keep him? Could they move him? Oh. Plus, the Kings could be involved in some stuff. It should be very interesting all week long. And we'll have it covered on Sacktown Sports. More, we got to talk about last night's Kings game. Got the chance to sleep on it. And I still, you know, you, you wake up thinking about it. And you yeah. have, you know, you wake up sometimes with some back pain, like you slept on slept on it wrong. Is That's that... how I felt about the Kings win last night. You just, slept on it wrong? Yeah, it just wasn't a good, good loss. It was terrible. Does your back really physically No, hurt? it doesn't. Okay. okay? But the good. Pelicans did smash the Kings last okay. night, 136 to 104. Going into it, you're going, oh, De'Aaron Fox is gone. But hey, the Pels don't have Brandon Ingram. Yeah. Jonas Valanciunas, he's out. Zion's still out. Even the rookie that we really like, Dyson Daniels, yep. did not play. He's been out with an ankle sprain. You're thinking, oh, the Kings is a great opportunity for them. But, of course, they came out absolutely flat. The <sighs> starters gave them nothing offensively to start the game, really the whole game. The defense was really disturbing. <laughs> and here we are talking about back-to-back Kings losses to the Pacers and the Pelicans. Correct. How are you feeling about things? Disturbed. I love that you used that word. Disturbing. The defense was disturbing. And it actually was. And there was a lot of things that were disturbing about last night. And I thought you and I got to talk a little bit about it after the game last night, and it was fun breaking it down because there was still so much more to this game than just being this awful blowout, move on to the next game, or people trying to be, um, you know, hot take and be like, gotta trade everybody. You know, we had that on our Discord last night as well, where people are like, trade Kevin Hurd or trade Keegan Murray. And it's like, no, no, no. Everyone just needs to calm down. Sure, we understand these games happen, but let's dissect what went wrong. And guys had some really bad nights. Keegan Murray, though, when he has a night like this, I think it's really... um, It's something that we need to talk about because we just said it with Jason Ross, too. When he's bad, 
or in a slump, he's bad and in a slump. And it's his rookie season. He's going to find ways to come out of this faster or still be a solid player even when he's not a great player. But what is it going to take for him to do that and understand if you're not making your shots from outside, what else are you doing on the floor? And last night he was not doing anything. Yeah, it was a rough night, and it's been a rough stretch. His last three games, Keegan Murray has seven total points, two of 21 Mm. shooting, one of 14 from three. And you're right, if you're not making shots, don't let it impact the rest of your game. And I feel like, you know, he misses some shots, and then he's looking to pass more. It's like, no, no, we still need you to be aggressive. We still need you to try to get yours in this game, because especially without De'Aaron Fox, that's the thing. Like, they're going to be a different team. Right. For sure. De'Aaron puts so much pressure on opposing defenses. He can get in the paint, get great looks, especially with that combination of De'Aaron and Sabonis. It makes life a lot easier for the rest of the guys around him. They get great shots. Well, it does change without De'Aaron Fox. However, it gets even worse when those guys aren't knocking down shots. Like, yeah. It's not like Keegan is being contested the whole game either. He's getting good looks. Kevin Herter. You need him to step up during this time. It's hard to make up for the loss of De'Aaron Fox, a guy that can give you 25 points a game. But if you just knock down some shots, play a little better defense, you should at minimum have one win over this weekend. Absolutely. And I think where some of those shots, I know we we say at times like, yeah, allow your defense to create offense. And what that even means when you're missing shots, sometimes there's an energy. There's this um, some sort of – it just takes a different type of effort defensively to be great, right? And what that can lead to is some greatness on the offensive end. Even if you aren't making your outside shot, maybe it makes you make that decision to make that extra pass, to make the extra good pass, to make – uh, the extra move to get to the mid-range instead of trying to shoot that outside shot just because you've missed so many of them. Even though you're getting a good look, there's times where you got to just bring it in and change it up. Uh, obviously, again, a rookie. I love Keegan Murray. I love his game. I'm not going to define his rookie season off of this game or off of some of his slumps, but it's just frustrating to see when he's not contributing in other categories when All hell breaks loose. You know, I had more of an issue with Kevin Herter's play. That's fair. He's not knocking down shots, and I thought defensively he got cooked. And he's someone that we talked about in the beginning of the season. Uh, Underrated defender. His defense instincts, uh, instinctual play on the defensive end. Like, he's a smart, high IQ player, and then you just haven't seen it lately. And that's the problem is like when we we start getting closer to the trade deadline, you go, okay, where are the flaws with this team? It's the same flaws you're seeing perimeter defense, you know, like so much being talked about is, man, the Kings just need a rim protector. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you on that. Just having someone that could block a shot would be nice. Yeah. Especially help defense, but you got to be able to stay in front of your man. And, And Kevin last night, Keegan last night. They could not stay in front of their guy. Nope. They were getting beat left and right. Terrence Davis giving up straight line drives. And the, the Pelicans, without 
those talented players that we just talked about, Brandon Ingram, who just dropped like 35 plus the night before against the Lakers in a win, Mm -hmm. he was in the lineup. But then you're allowing guys like Trey Murphy to just catch and shoot from three. Trey Murphy, everybody in the league knows that this guy can knock down the three. Yes. Allowing him to just catch and shoot and giving up a soft contest is not going to do anything to throw him off. He's It's like warming up before a game. The defensive effort just has to be better. And you play defense like you did last night, you may lose tonight. Well, and not... Thank you for saying that. And I know we'll get more into tonight's game against Houston, but you look at someone like Trey Murphy and you understand his length and he can shoot over guys. His release is high up there. But at the same time, if you're going to run and close out on him and close out hard, he still has the ability to take you off the dribble. Last night against Keegan Murray, did you see that take when he had him going one way, crosses over, back left, throw down, dunk? It was one of the most beautiful plays I've seen. He cooked Keegan Murray. I felt bad, but at the same time, I didn't because I'm like, oh, this is what I love about Keegan Murray. It doesn't affect him. He will learn from it, if anything, right? Like, if anything, he thinks about that play. You see his body language. It's not – he's not affected. He goes, okay, what can I do differently next? And I'm glad that he has that type of mentality where he is going to grow. He is going to learn. But Deuce, that defense was sorry in so many ways because even on that play, what else should have happened? Maybe some help defense? Maybe some communication? No help. Even even Keegan like could be calling out like, help, help, I'm I'm getting burned. I'm getting burned. Like he's taking me to the rack. Help. There was no communication from anyone on that possession. Yeah, that's if you this Kings team doesn't have a whole bunch of like crazy talented individual defenders if they're going to be able to defend at a solid rate and they were trending in a better direction just by the numbers you would have been like oh okay like you gotta be able to help on the backside. Yeah. the team defense has to be legit and last night it was it took a serious step back and honestly i'm watching the pelicans going i don't want to see this team in the playoffs the pelicans i think would destroy the kings in the playoffs if they if they played and i know so much of it's like well who cares you're getting to the playoffs should be the mission i'm just looking at teams with length this is a team that has the length, the size. It literally, this is the type of team that gives the Kings the most all trouble. All the problems. It, 11 steals last night for the Pelicans. And you look at that number, mm. and the reason why I go to that number, because Deuce and I keep talking about the length of this team. When the Kings play a team with length, that can play the passing lanes, that know how to get deflections, that um, are just smart defenders, right? And can play those passing lanes really well. You saw that last night with the Pelicans. They knew where the pass was going. And or the Kings were trying to force a pass that was trying to make it a home run pass, a great pass. Make the good pass. Make the first pass. Make the pass that leads to some great offense. You don't need to make the home run pass. And Again, these are the games. These are the games that when you look back at the end of the season and you're like, man, why are we in a play-in situation? You're going to look back on a game like last night going, oh, we crapped the bed against a team that was sitting out a couple of key guys and still had Zion out. Oh, we lost that game at home to the Sixers when they didn't have Embiid and Harden. Oh, you lost that game at home to a bad Hornets team or you got absolutely destroyed by the Wizards. These are these games hurt you, and I'm not trying to make like it's the end of the world with the Kings. You could bounce back, and the good thing is you have a game tonight. 
But you, you can't keep having losses like this. No. They, they get, there's 30 games left. There's Wow. Let's go. Wow. And the Kings are still looking to get that 30th win. One topic. Another topic I wanted to get to because it was the second night of a back-to-back for the Pelicans. Sean Cunningham tweeted this out. With tonight's loss in New Orleans, the Kings have now dropped eight of the ten instances this season where they faced a team that's playing in the second night of a back-to-back. That is not good. They are not capitalizing on these teams. Teams having tired legs or some of their star players. I don't know why I'm doing air quotes for anyone on the YouTube chat, but for any of their players being out. It's so frustrating to see a team as smart as the Kings have shown to be. It, yeah. like, really, they, the high IQ players, Mike Brown's a good coach, and still somehow they can't find a way to capitalize on teams on the second night of their back-to-back. Well, if the Kings lose tonight, what are you gonna we're going to have some trouble because Curtis in our YouTube chat, sa- chat says, if we lose to the worst team in the Western Conference, I'm done watching the team. No, Curtis, no! No! You hear that, Mike Brown? If you lose tonight, Curtis, he's done! You're done! All right, we have so much to get to. we got to talk about some of the passing because the chat's talking about the passing with this team. What's going on? Why are they so sloppy as of mm. late? Also, some trade discussions. Jared Vanderbilt sounds like one team is uh, in talks with the Utah Jazz offering multiple second-round picks. Could it be the Kings? Ooh. We'll discuss that so much more. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. You can also hang out in the YouTube chat, youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Appreciate everyone Hanging out with us. We are on Monday through Friday from 11 to 2. Also, we should know our guy. I'm a Drapes guy. Are you a Drapes guy? I'm a Drapes guy. Kyle Draper will be here live at 1 o'clock to talk some Kings, Deadline, Kyrie trade. The Kyrie trade. There's so many layers to this trade that we have to discuss coming up on the show. Kyle Draper? So mad last night. Ooh. I well, I love I love seeing Kyle Draper mad after a King's loss because he gets real mad, and I appreciate his passion. I like it. So we'll have to ask him about that. Uh, Morgan, I want to get to Mike Brown's comments after the game. Mike Brown was not too happy about what he saw last night, including what he saw defensively. Defensively, we can't contain the dribble. Right now, we're getting beat off the dribble. We gave up 40 points in the first half uh, because guys were getting biased, getting to the rim and finishing in the paint. They didn't have a post-up player on their team. Every single point came from transition or just beating us off the dribble. And somehow, some way, we got to figure out how we're going to be able to contain the dribble. we got to do a better job of containing the dribble because we're not going to survive again giving up 40 points in the paint and, and, and all of it being somebody off the dribble as opposed to having a old-school Tim Duncan throwing-in type player. Uh, that is my biggest concern right now defensively, is who can I put on the floor that can contain the dribble? Shots aren't going to always fall. I'm okay with that. But if your shot's not falling, what else are you bringing to the table? Are you rebounding? Are you defending? Are you doing something to help us win a basketball game? And right now, that's not happening. we got guys missing shots, but we're not getting help in any other areas from guys that are missing shots, and that's something that has to change. Deuce, watching the video of him last night, he's saying it with 
He's like holding back his anger while saying it. Morgan, he got to the table last night, sat in front of the mic, and without being asked one question, talked for like four minutes. Uh-huh. It was like, what else could you even ask him at this point? Uh, Mike. Are you okay? Yeah. Are you okay? Did you do you need a minute here? I mean, he was clearly frustrated, and his point defensively is, is accurate. It's like, you guys got to play better defensively. They went to Keon Ellis last night, and most casual Kings fans yeah. don't know who the hell Keon Ellis is. Facts. He's on a two-way contract. He's a rookie. He spent most of the season in the G League with the Stockton Kings. They brought him up. He comes into the game last night, and I'm not trying to make too much over, you know, so garbage time, as right. people call it. But for him, it was an opportunity to go out there and make things happen. The guy played 16 minutes and filled up the stat sheet, right? 10 points. He had four rebounds, two assists, two steals, and a block. I- I'm watching him last night going, well, if you're talking about containing the ball, if you're talking about effort defensively, knocking down some shots, maybe Keon deserves 15 minutes tonight because the Kings have to show some semblance of being able to defend I'm looking at tonight's game against the Rockets. The Rockets are one of the worst offense. They're one of the worst teams in basketball. Yeah, they are by far one of the worst offensive teams in the NBA tonight. Like, if this is a chance for the Kings' defense to get right, there's no better game than tonight for the defense to like show me something. I want to add to Keon Ellis, but first, the Rockets scored 121 points, I believe, on OKC, who. Still beat them by 30, right? So there's no defense. Um, obviously, two teams that aren't great going at it. But going back to Keon Ellis and what he's capable of adding to this squad, you're exactly right. you got to look at it like garbage minutes. But you and I, who broadcast for the Stockton Kings, yeah. have seen a lot of Keon Ellis. A lot of his home games, almost all of them, we have seen. And he's this 6'3" guy with um, high IQ on the defensive end, his ability to get in the passing lanes, to keep his hands up, uh, he hustles. There's so many good things about him on the defensive end. And then he's shown a leap in his offensive game, at least with the G League. And then you see a little bit of it last night. He had a couple threes last night. That's what I'm saying. And in the G League regular season, 44% from three, four and a half attempts per game. So, I don't know. You know, the trade deadline's coming up. You wonder how things could be tweaked. I'm just looking at a guy like Keanu Ellis. I'm like, okay, what Mike Brown was just talking about are some of the things he provided in a small sample size. But on a second, I have a back-to-back against a bad Rockets team, and if that's what you're looking for, you want to set a tone, play that guy a little more. Especially what we're – well, I was saying, especially if there's no De'Aaron. And what I love that you were saying, you're like, even if De'Aaron's there, why not? Like, you're looking for this answer. And going off of that too, Deuce, because I know we're going to play a little bit more uh, Mike Brown, but I think one of the big things we do have to say too is that Davion Mitchell came into this game right. He came in aggressively. He started attacking early. He listened to what his coaches told him, and they said, be aggressive on the offensive end. Look for yours. And he he did just that. It just wasn't enough last night. No, and then you start missing shots. Right. Like he was aggressive, but he missed shots. Right. One of six from three. And when mm. no one in the starting lineup could get, I mean, the first half, I think the starters had 13 points. Barf. I mean, that's it's awful. <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty bad. Pretty bad. Mike Brown says, this adversity could be good for us, though. I'm interested to see how we respond from this adversity. Not just short term, but long term as a team. 
but more importantly as individuals. Because when you hit adversity as an individual, your true colors come out. And right now, I don't know if we're all in like we talked about at the beginning of the year and how we've been because things are flowing and we're winning and we're in third place or whatever. So right now, I'm going to sit back, I'm going to watch, and I'm going to see how we all handle this adversity. I think it's a great thing for it. It's tough to go through, but it's a great thing for this team to experience right now because at the end of the day, if we do expect to make the playoffs, if we do expect to, to advance in the playoffs, we're going to have to deal with adversity. We're going to have to handle it individually and as a group. And right now, I don't think we're doing a great job with it. They've handled adversity at times pretty well this year. They started the season 0-4, mm-hmm. right? People were panicking. People were freaking out about panicking. things, right? The last time they've lost three in a row is November 23rd through the 28th on that road trip when they lost to the Hawks, the Celtics, and came back and lost to the Suns. Ugh. They've been pretty steady. So, you know, you like to think they could figure out, but it, it you got to be locked in. This is the time. This is... You had a good start. It's not. It's almost the all-star break, and sometimes yeah. you get this with teams where they start looking ahead a little bit. It's like, hey, man, all-star week's here. Get a little vacation. Yep. Mike Brown's having us practice all the time, even the day after games. Honestly, do you think that's a big deal? I'm not trying to make something, and I know when teams start to struggle, you start searching for answers a little bit here, but the Kings are struggling a little more offensively. De'Aaron Fox has been the guy yeah. that's been out the last two games, so you can't ignore that, but... Mike Brown, we heard it from Kevin Herter on the, the Low Post podcast. They practice a lot, probably more than any other team in the NBA, even after games. Yeah, I, I'm. This is not hurting them at all. That's what great teams or teams that want to be great. That is what you do. You are trying to do things on a much higher level than other teams, and it's not like this team has reached the postseason a whole bunch of different years so their legs are tired year after year after year and they just can't catch up no they got to learn how to work through the fatigue the tired legs the mentally being exhausted no matter what it is deuce you have to fight through it and i know we have to break but i want to continue this conversation Morgan wants to continue this conversation, so we have to. She sounds like a, a coach from, like, the 1970s. No, you fight through it. Get on I the line. I Get on the line. Uh, being tired, that's not a thing. It's mental. No. You should fight through it. Okay, David Goggins, what, you want their feet to bleed, be bleeding during a game? We'll talk about it. I no. mean, come on. What the We got to talk hell? about that. We got to talk about Kyrie Irving headed to the Mavericks. What's it do for the Mavs and... Are you concerned about Dallas now hmm. if you're a Kings fan? It's Deuce and Mo. We're always live on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. It's Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo. Sacktown Sports. Man, I would not want Morgan Reagan to be my head coach. I'll just tell you that. What? the why because you don't want to win and be a champion okay have fun loser morgan you sound like bobby knight you sound like one of those insane coaches you want guys puking you want their feet (laughs) bleeding it oh are you hurt yeah coach i have a compound fracture oh we'll put it back in let's we gotta win no i'm not like are you an nfl coach and i didn't know no one no i'm not like that i'm very fair i'm a great coach one two I will tell you this, though, and this isn't helping my case, but when I used to train 
um, youth basketball, like individuals. I would do individual training. I made two different kids throw up, and I didn't mean to. They just, like, I pushed them to their limit. I think we all agree fatigue is a thing. And they won. Go on. Yeah. We agree that fatigue is a thing. Absolutely. Well, some of the mistakes you're seeing out there, like, is it being, you're just tired. It's a long season. It's a long road trip. I just think you have to be a little more strategic. Like maybe you don't practice immediately after a game when you have to travel and land. They do that a lot. And I'm not like making up. I mean, Kevin Herter mentioned this on the low post where they had a game and then they traveled. Next day, they're practicing. So it's. Can I tell you something, Deuce? Yeah. They got enough resources, though, to to make sure that they're doing the right thing in their recovery. You always say that these these players aren't robots. I, like, they're I'm humans. You, you no. get worn down, so, and the Kings are missing shots, and they're missing defensive assignments. I think it's okay to go, like, hey, are they a little tired right that's, now? And that's totally okay. But also, like, what's going to take you to that next level sometimes is is finding a way to fight through it and have someone push you through it. I remember, now, again, I did not play in the WNBA. I did not play in the NBA. I was not a professional basketball player. But on my college team, when we were second in the state of California, I'll never forget coach making us run 17s, 17s, that's sideline to sideline, 17 times, under a certain amount of time, after games, after practices, whatever it was. That was like 20 years ago. But my point is, those times, and then you'd have to make a free throw to like not have to do it again, those times push you to a point of no return that made us champions. That Well, I guess second place. That, that, made, us, that made us great, though. And that's, I, I just feel like there's so many different things that you need to do nowadays when you are at this level to push yourselves to the next level. And you're seeing guys like Jason Tatum understand that after losing in the championship last year, understanding, yeah, I need my conditioning needs to be different, even though I'm one of the best players in the league. Uh, if you want to hit us up, you can hit us up on the phones. 1-800-920-1140. We love talking with you guys. 916-339-1140. 1-800-920-1140. Also in the YouTube chat, youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. So, yeah, if you're driving around right now, you can always hop on YouTube later and get in the chat with all the insane people watching us live. Insanely awesome. Deuce bags and morons. Make sure if you go there, hit that thumbs up button because it helps the channel grow. So the Kings are back at it. Second half of back-to-back, they take on the Houston Rockets. We'll talk much more about that game. Something that we still need to talk about, the NBA trade deadline's Thursday. Oh, my God. And there's so much talk about, all right, what's next in this league? We saw Kyrie Irving demand a trade on Friday. He's now with the Dallas Mavericks. In fact, Dallas is in town against the Kings this weekend on a back-to-back. So our first chance to see Kyrie. Hopefully Luka's back. It's going to be interesting. There's also a lot of noise about what the Kings could do. We've heard him tied to Matisse Thibel. Makes some sense, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Plumlee. Nerlens Noel is a name that got brought up. Doesn't really excite me much. But there's a lot of teams interested in Nerlens Noel. Jared Vanderbilt's a guy that I know a lot of fans like, and it seems like Utah is more open to moving him at this point. So a lot of names we got to talk about later today. But Kyrie Irving gets traded to Dallas. I've been so excited to talk about this. Another another team gets in the Kyrie Irving business, and the Mavericks give up. Dinwiddie, they give up their best defender and Dorian Finney-Smith. A 2029 first-round pick and some second-round picks, and... You know, and in a sense, they are renting the services of Kyrie Irving, who could just walk away after this year. Yeah. And that's when you look at this trade, like when it happened, 
and you go Kyrie Irving first, just first, going to the Dallas Mavericks. You're going, great, Luka's going to have someone next to him that can do so much more, right? Now you look at what they had to send to Brooklyn, and I do wonder, Deuce, if it was not too much, but a lot. And the only reason why I say this, I know I understand Kyrie Irving's value as a basketball player, but just like you said, you're renting him. He's on a um, expiring contract. He has done had the same antics that he's had with every single team. So you are risking that in throwing away a future with these guys that are actually good for your squad. It's interesting. I think looking at Dallas's team before this trade, you didn't feel like it was a championship contending team. Fair. I don't look at this current structure with the Dallas Mavericks and go championship contending team. Okay. In a lot of ways, it helps out. And I think so many people that, you know, Kyrie is such a polarizing name. It, people want to dump on the guy. And I'm like, look, I understand that component. I don't ignore it. And I would not get in the Kyrie Irving business. I'm good. I just think there have been so many teams he's been on now where it never ends good. Never. It's ne- there's always some sort of drama. He's been with talented players from LeBron to Tatum to Brown to KD, his friend, and Harden. His friend. And those, it, it all of them failed, <laughs> yep. right? The Nets experiment was a complete and utter failure. Yeah. But let's also acknowledge that this guy's a baller. There's there's not a lot of guys more talented than Kyrie Irving on the floor who can literally do a little bit of everything from an offensive standpoint. I think having him next to Luka, they could be pretty explosive offensively if they can find the balance with each other. Dallas is a heavy ISO team with Luka. No one has more isolation plays in the Dallas Mavericks. And now you add in another guy, Kyrie Irving, who's an ISO guy, an elite ISO guy, but another mm. ISO guy. I, I, Dallas was D- Dallas was desperate. And sometimes that works. When you're desperate, it, it works. But honestly, I look at this and go, what is the long-term thing here with Dallas? This was, let's go get a co-star for Luka. Yep. Someone that's not stable. And I think they are concerned about Luka and does Luca want to be there long term if he doesn't get the help he desires? Is this going to actually be the help that he needs to get to the next level? I don't think so. Well, a couple things too. And before I actually break down that part of the game and everything that else that went on, when you were just talking about Kyrie Irving and all the problems he's had in every single place, but how great he can be, maybe even the greatest in the world. And I think of CM Punk, and I think about someone who... <laughs> I like this. No, I like truly. This. Kyrie Irving, CM Punk. With my wrestling guys, Chris and Deuce okay, right now. Okay. Now, hear me out on this, right? You got a guy that has shown greatness in the ring, on the floor, however you want to put it, with CM Punk and Kyrie Irving, right? Their talent is undeniable. But you think, everyone thinks that they can be that that answer and they can fix him or they can find a way to mold him into what they want him to be. CM Punk, WWE didn't work out. Everything, everyone wants to see him. Fans want to see him back out there because they know his greatness. He comes to AEW. What does he do? He screws it all up just like he did with WWE. And he now has that connection with WWE and Triple H and everything as well, but screws it all up. It's just not going 
to work from a team perspective or a long-term perspective, but he might get you that jolt of energy. What did he do with AEW? He got people excited again, like on a whole different level. Now, he also screwed them over in the end on a whole Mm. nother level. Honestly, this is one of your better examples. Chris, do you you agree? I have to say, well done. The CM Punk Kyrie angle that I never knew I needed. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a it's an interesting comp. Okay. Um, for Dallas, you there's no denying Luca needed help. No and, denying. And I think today we're all going, man. But Dinwiddie's been solid this year, and Finney Smith's a great defensive player. Yeah, but all Wasn't the people enough. who are saying that today are ignoring the fact that like everyone was also saying that Luca needed help. He legitimately has help. JJ Redick has had a great. A stat. He has some great stats on this trade in his latest newsletter. He was mentioning that Luca gets blitzed on pick and rolls a lot. In fact, he has been blitzed 333 times on on-ball screens this season, more than double any other mm. player in the league. Mm. Well, guess what? Go ahead and blitz him now. Then you got Kyrie. Kyrie can go get a bucket. And Kyrie so late in the game quick. when Luca's gasped because yeah. he's probably out of shape. <sighs> Kyrie can go get a bucket. But how far can this take them? We'll talk more about this trade, the ramifications throughout the league. How's LeBron feel about it? Oh, we got so much to get to. Let's do some more on Sacktown Sports. Live and local. It's Deuce and Mo. Watch the show now on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen for free on the Sacktown Sports app. For you radio peeps or app peeps, we always say live on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. We were just telling the YouTube audience, got some good news. Got some good news. For the Sacramento Kings. What is it? De'Aaron Fox is not listed on the injury report. Ayo. He's missed the last two games due to personal issues, so... I think that points to De'Aaron Fox will be back tonight in the Kings game against the Houston Rockets. The Kings wrap up the road trip with two games against Houston tonight and then Wednesday night. Then they return home for a Friday night game. I was already, I already looked ahead to this, and people yeah. say they circle it on the calendar. I mean, I don't really. Does anyone actually circle dates on the calendar anymore? I mean, I would if I still. I I use Google Calendar. Yeah, exactly. Then. So okay. we'll be like, I they circle that. That's bulletin board material. Like that's not really a thing. No. Um, highlight it. But that Friday game against Dallas, Friday Saturday night, Kings against the Mavs hmm. at Golden One Center is already going to be a big game, right? Yeah. You're in playoff contention with this team. You guys are battling it out. But Kyrie Irving's supposed to make his Mavs debut. Wednesday night when the Ooh. Mavs take on the Clippers in L.A., so you assume he'll be there Friday. But also, maybe it's – we shouldn't assume because it's Kyrie Irving. We don't know. We, we don't. <laughs> we don't know. You never maybe know. Maybe he changes his mind. Yeah. Maybe he retires. Who knows? Um, Morgan, you Awful. said you had so many more thoughts on this Kyrie to Dallas move. Yeah. Well, I think a few of the things that um, – a few fun facts that he actually got rewarded for being traded, by the way, because there was a $2 million uh, trade kicker. So he got an extra $2 million for basically not wanting to, because he wasn't sure what extension he was going to get and wasn't sure if he was going to get the right money. So he said, no, trade me instead. So what do they do? They trade him instead. And they looked 
right away at so many different teams. We're hearing about the Phoenix Suns and what they were willing to trade. We're hearing what the Lakers were willing to trade. We're hearing that maybe the Clippers were in the mix. That is all intriguing to me, but get this. Christian Wood. I heard the rumor that Christian Wood was in um, one of the conversations, and they're like, "Uh uh-uh, no, no, we don't want any of that. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack there, including Nets owner Joe Sy did not want to trade Kyrie to the Lakers. It was like, I'm not trading him to the Lakers. I'm not giving him what he wants. That's according to Mark Stein. So a lot to unpack there. I also think one of my favorite things about yesterday was all the the tweets and memes about Kyrie. Oh, yes. Like all the jokes about Alex Jones being courtside now. 100% he will be there rooting on his conspiracy theory buddy. <laughs> that Kyrie is going to go to the grassy knoll in Dallas. Texas is perfect for Kyrie Irving. Uh, you can hit us up. 339-1140, We'll get some more, some more Kyrie stuff. Let's check in with Will. What's up, Will? Man, y'all make a brother hold on a long time. Uh, dude, but that, that's good. Hey, Will, that's my fault. I looked over. I almost forgot about you, dude. I am so sorry. I didn't forget, Will. I, I blame Morgan. Morgan's like, you know, hey. has all these takes today. I'm sorry, Will. What's on you your mind? <laughs> Morgan, you know, uh, I agree with both of you guys, you know, part, partly. Okay. But uh, with the Kings, with the Kings, you know, I ain't think Kyrie, man, I, you know, I wanted him to go be with Brown, but. Kyrie is a, is a psycho, man. You don't know what that dude is thinking, man. He, he thinks the earth is flat, all kind of crazy stuff, man. But here's the deal with the Kings. <laughs> the Kings, man, I don't understand. It's You know, I don't think it's practice and all that kind of stuff. Those guys have skills. They can all play. But when they go up against real athletic teams, like teams that's mm. athletic in the post, they get embarrassed. They get dunked on and stuff. They got to be more physical. Yeah. Look, when they played Toronto, man, it was like a dunk fest. I mean, everybody was was in the game. I mean, it, it was embarrassing. <clears throat> and then, and then I want to ask you guys a question. Yeah. What is it with with with, with Brown and Ray Sean? Rashawn Holmes. You don't want to play Rashawn. You don't want to play Holmes, hey, man. man. I, I, it's, not- I don't know, and I'm not acting like Rashawn was perfect to start the year. I'm just surprised. No, I go back to that Lakers game when he filled in for Sabonis and had like 16 a and a 10. Game. They gave him defensive player of the game. And then they're like, no, you're not playing. I'm like, well, you have a serious like issue at the f- backup five. You'd think he'd get some run at some point. But, dude, it's clear. like yeah. he's, he's in the doghouse for whatever reason. And, and let me follow up on this. I, I hope he didn't cuss him out. But here's the deal. Rashawn's been the starting center for the last couple of years. I yeah. mean, the dude produced. He wasn't like he's a, he was a. It wasn't his fault they was losing. You know those those couple of years. And then, what is it with uh, with the coach and uh, and my boy uh, the uh, uh, the ball headed guy? The, the co- uh, uh, what's the guy that used to play for Kings back in the day? Doug Christie. 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 <laughs> Man, what if, I've never seen Christy in the huddle with Brown and his other boys. Oh, I, what, I, what is the deal with that? Yeah, Will, you're noticing all types I love of it. stuff. I, one, I didn't. I, I love. I was like, I'm gonna let him try to figure out who yeah. the hell he's talking about because I had no idea. Um, Man, you gotta check it out. You gotta check. That's it a great out. question. Doug is yeah. Never in the conversation. He's never in the conversation. Now he was one of the best defensive players ever to play in the league. Man, you know. Yeah, 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 I hear you, Doug. It's an interest, interesting, Will. All right. Well, hey, Will, I appreciate the call. One more thing. One more thing. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. What you got? Don't, don't, don't 
those guys got to get more physical. Look, you don't let somebody embarrass you like that. You know, you like, like what, what New Orleans was doing. No, man, you know, you ain't getting this layup. I'm going to knock you down. You know what I'm saying? You, you, it's like ain't nobody scared of them physically. Well, because you know why? Because team most team. of these teams are going up against are just longer and bigger than them. And it goes to where the Kings need where, God, the, the closer I get to the trade line, I'm going, get me Jared Vanderbilt. Mm. Give me a guy who's long that's going to come in, play with an edge. He could play some five for you, too. He's athletic. Uh-huh. The Kings need length. Like, I'm watching the Pelicans last night. Every, even with Ingram out and Zion out, Valanciunas out, I'm like, how is every one of their guys long and more athletic than yeah. the Kings players? Yeah. That, that's true. You, you, you got me on that one. That's true. But 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 still, Murray got to stop shooting uh, at the top of the key. He got to learn. He got to get an inside game. He don't have a post game at all. He got to take smaller guys down low yeah. and punish them. But all he want to do is shoot three. Appreciate you know the call, is? Will. No, seriously, you're not. He, Will's got a point about the physicality, something we've definitely have hit on. But even when he was just talking about Keegan Murray right there, it's. We've seen him, okay, you're starting to shoot more confidently from three. Obviously not the last couple of games. You are taking it to the rack with authority, right? But now, when are you going to find even more of that game in the mid-range where you're just turning around with that pretty shot? You're 6'8", shooting over guys because you've got that length. You've got the ability with that, uh, the release. It's a high release for you, so you can shoot over some of those smaller guys that are defending you. Uh, Will is also right about being physical with these guys when they're punking you what do you got to do they're coming straight through the middle jab them make them scared that they're coming through the middle you don't need to hurt somebody Wait, you're not supposed to like open up your hips and just like kind of yeah. let them go to Hi, the you wanna, do you want to come through the middle of the key no no please come here that's exactly oh. what the kings are doing lately. i thought you're supposed to just escort them right that's so, what the kings are doing yeah 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 no and instead do you want me to show you no, no okay because no, no, no. i could show you be a little physical ah! gotta get physical for sure but you also need like, you need some more size. Yeah, I mean, there's a, re- yeah, there's that report today. I saw that Utah's talking to teams about Vanderbilt. I I was saying last month or so. I'm like, you know, maybe Ainge doesn't move on for someone like Vanderbilt because he's young. He's on a cheaper contract. He's a guy that you want a, a part of your team. But you know, Ainge is probably thinking long term. If I can get some picks from a team. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to trip about this. I got to think long term. And man, you look at someone like Vanderbilt. That's that's almost the perfect guy for the Kings. Yeah, I I'm I'm with you on that. I think that's a guy though too. We were looking at two weeks ago and being like, "There's no way Danny Ainge is going to be smart and keep some of his um, younger guys that he." wants to build around and understands the talent that he has there. How does he build around those guys while still uh, evolving? this team to another level the next couple of years for the future. I don't know what that means necessarily in Utah, but I think with someone like Danny Ainge, he's willing to go that distance if the right pieces are given back. And Tony Jones, who covers the Utah Jazz for the Athletics, says the Jazz are very likely to trade Jared Vanderbilt before the deadline. The Jazz have multiple offers lined up for him. Quote, the Jazz have an offer for Vanderbilt from a Western Conference team that would net them multiple second-round picks. Well, the Kings have like 800 second-round picks. Hmm. Hey, this guy can help you now. He's what you need. Dude. He brings toughness. He was crucial for Minnesota during He's their young. playoff run. He's young. He's affordable. He get, that's what you need.
Can Monty get it done? How? But how? Well, if they they have a Western Conference team that is offering multiple second-round picks, could be the Kings. They have a lot of second-round picks. Okay. Lots to discuss. Yeah. It's the NBA trade deadline. We want to hear from you at youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Hit us up on the phones to 1-800-920-1140. We'll talk NBA trade deadline. How's LeBron feeling? And is Kevin Durant staying put in Brooklyn? Like, do we know? Because I feel like there's mixed stuff going on. This trade deadline setting up to be insane. We'll do much more coming up on Sacktown Sports. Sacktown Sports. What are you laughing I'm about? laughing because Kings fans are just built different. Kings fans are Vanderbilt just built different. different. Thank you. Thank you. Ah! They are Vanderbilt different. No, I'm laughing so much because they... <laughs> Some NBA markets are like, oh, can we trade for Kevin Durant? Can we do this crazy trade? Kings fans are like, no, no, no. We know hoops. All right. <laughs> Vanderbilt's the guy. Ah! I got Rory in there going like, hey, if you could play, have someone that could be the backup five and play next to Sabonis, that's the guy. Then I got Drew in Love our it. Discord dropping knowledge like, you know Vanderbilt? He was at De'Aaron's wedding. Yes, Drew. And yes. I, I found the thing from 2018 when De'Aaron was on the Ringer podcast, a Ringer podcast with Kevin O'Connor yeah. talking about Vanderbilt going, yeah, he's the best rebounder I've ever seen. We are hyping up Jared Vanderbilt like he is Kevin Durant, but that's what makes it fun. I think Vanderbilt would be a perfect fit. I think my main concern was like, okay, is Ainge going to try to hold you hostage for a ton of picks? I This would make me a terrible GM, I know. But the NBA trade deadline is coming up on Thursday, and I get I would be the worst GM because yes, I, I give you what you want as we get closer. I'm yep. like, you asked me a few weeks ago, no chance. Now I'm like, you want 75 second round picks? You can have them. You could have them. We'll you take would be Vanderbilt. The worst. Like if you had to, if you had to work with like Masai Jerry, you would be. Oh God! Don't you yeah. would give up your home, your children that are unborn, so future first round children, whatever that would be. Um, you would give up your whole the world. rights. The rights. I don't oh. anticipate having any kids. Yeah, yeah. But so I would the give rights. up the rights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And maybe even to. Yeah, exactly. And I would donate. Don't there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what would you donate? Money. No, 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 no. Clothes. Yes, good. Money, clothes. Yes, good. Correct. Yeah, good. I, good. Swimmers. Yeah. No, no. Money and clothes. Thank if you. If that's what they want. Yeah. And see, exactly. You'd give up anything, and it totally yeah. makes sense because you are the worst when it comes to this in the Sacramento Kings because it's fun when yep. you look at these pieces that could actually elevate this team to just a little bit of a different level. If you're, if you, how, how do you? Would you rather have? Matisse Thibel or Jared Vanderbilt? Vanderbilt. And I and I've been You said that without hesitation. Yeah, and I'm a huge Matisse Thibel uh fan, I guess if you want to say that. I I think a lot of people look at Matisse Thibel and go, Oh, um, if he can't even play with the Sixers, why do you expect him to find time and do things for the Kings? And I believe it really is all situational. Like, look at Rashawn Holmes right now, the way that we're talking about Mike Brown playing him. He can find a place in this league. And it's weird that he's not finding a place in this rotation on the Sacramento Kings. But again, it's all about coaches. It's all about situation. I think uh, Matisse Thibel could find a new situation and excel. I think something you said a while ago 
is dead on. What? Like when you look at last night's Kings game, it's so is it in a weird way good that some of their biggest flaws are being more exposed days before the trade deadline. And not that like McNair and Wes Wilcox were ignorant to the issues, but no. maybe it's like, okay, no, these are real issues. Yes. And if we don't address them, it could limit us. And I still maintain like I think the Kings are on a great path right now. Yeah. They could finish the season, the rest of their games at 500 and still have like 44 wins. Like they're in a good spot right now, but you know, it's going to get more challenging. You've had the benefit of health on your side. You've had a lot of things in your favor. You have to be smart with the deals you make for sure. You don't want to mortgage the future or anything like that. Yeah. But I think, I think there's some upgrades out there that they can really improve this roster. And I think you got to do it, especially with how the West is. I'm not thinking this team's a championship team. No. Obviously. But we have to raise our expectations a little bit. If you're Monty McNair, you're going, how do I get this team to a second round? This Could is I squeeze it. into a conference finals with the right moves? That's what I think the mindset has to be. It's not a short-term thing. You still want to think big picture, but can Deuce. there be moves to make this year to take you to a next level? Short it's it's not even about it's not even about those moves taking you to the next level this year. And I think that's no, what I want it this year. I know, and everyone does. Boo-hoo. Good for you. I'm so happy that we're all greedy and we really want that this year. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. It doesn't mean it's going to happen unless you make those like fireworks trades for Kevin Durant, right? That's like the move that could get anyone to the next level when it comes to the postseason. But for the Kings, it's about being sustainable and making the move to keep building on that future. And if you are too late to it, for example, if they don't make a move this trade deadline and they keep going forward with this until the offseason or maybe even to the next trade deadline, you're not you should already be better by that next trade deadline and not be like in this same position yeah. that you're in. So you always have to make those tweaks to get better and better each year, even if you th- see things that are working. I just think there are deals to be made out there too when you think about like you have guys like Terrence Davis that have pretty much been in and out of the rotation. Like you need to make a decision. Do you picture him on the team next year if you're in the Kings front office? Right. It, if you do, okay, then you have to address that down the road. But if you don't really see him part of the mix, that could be a trade piece. Mm-hmm. Alex Lynn, he's not part of anything going forward. That should be a trade piece as an expiring deal. Um, Rashawn Holmes, that's going to be more challenging. It's clear they don't think he's part of their plans going forward. So you're st- that that's becoming clear. So you have to be smart with how you're approaching these yeah. things. Like that's why I think making a move is pretty essential. I, I thank you for and I'm thank not, you for I, being on that page. I'm not saying it's they need to make a monster move, no. but I think a move the tweaks. I think a tweak is is definitely needed. Vanderbilt would be a huge tweak in uh, my opinion. It'd be a big gift. Yeah, I I'm with you on that, and I think when you look at some of these um, these names, these people, nobody thought that Trey Lyles was going to come to Sacramento and be able to do what he's. Been. I did. I was a huge oh, Trey Lyles stand. Got it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know who really was was Matt Barnes. He was. You know who else was too? Who? Kyle Draper. Really? Oh, and Kyle's joining us today to talk about Trey Lyles. Yeah. I remember him talking about him last year, and he's like, "Is he the answer at that four spot?" And now you are seeing him possibly being the answer at times as that backup five, especially when um, Mike Brown wasn't utilizing Rashawn Holmes. So yeah, I think I think wanting. 
these tweaks. Some people get really bent out of shape about it too because they're like, if it's not broke, don't fix it. It's it's not that it's broken, but it's not that it's working yeah. to its best ability. I, I'm also laughing right now because you're like, yeah, you know, Fox and him go way back. You know, they play on the same AAU team. Yeah, Vanderbilt, thanks to the chat too. Yeah, he played at Kentucky too. Like, <laughs> Let's ignore that part. He played at Kentucky. Oh, so yeah, well, yeah. so he knows Malik Monk too. Yeah, yeah. So thank you. Who was that in the chat that said that? Yeah, Hacks was like, hey, didn't did he play in college with Swipe on Monk? That's <laughs> hilarious. Uh, hilarious. So not only did they play on the college team together, yeah. um, they played a they've played ball together all their lives. It's fun when you have these people that you grew up playing with around you because I don't know, you just yeah. have a lot of the same. It's a big deadline feel for the game. This is a huge deadline, and it's not only for the Sacramento Kings. This is a big deadline for a lot of teams that are trying to make those those different moves to help accelerate them to a different level. Well, I thought the Warriors were going to be a tr- team oh that was going to be aggressive, God. but honestly now, like we don't know how long Steph's going to be out with the injury. But shouldn't they be aggressive now, if anything? What? We don't know when he's coming back. That they don't have a timetable. Well, it, it does matter because a month from now they could be buried. And are you going to make some splash move for what? Why not just wait till the off season? I mean, I it's not about making us. It's about making a splash move for the next year. It's about making that move for Steph Curry's future in Golden State, especially if you're looking for not wanting Draymond anymore on your squad or looking to do. You should make those moves now. But the Warriors are not a panic organization. They're not a team, not an organization that um, is just going to feel like they have to do something. They feed off the panic. No, they have the patience. They know what they have. But at the same time, like, hey, don't count them out. Uh, Let's check in on the phones. Let's go to our guy. What's up, Buddha? Buddha. What's up? What's up, family? Hey, Hey, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Congratulations to you guys on all the success and everything that you guys have been doing. I've been keeping up with you guys since Night Chat. I think it started like three years ago, something Damn. like that. Been there since the beginning, so it's great to see where you guys are taking it. Appreciate that, Thanks. man. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but I got a name that I didn't hear you guys mention ooh, yet, and ooh, I give, was thinking... Uh, give me a name. So what about Andre Drummond? See, yeah, we talked see, about him last week a bit. You know... Okay. It's fine. It I doesn't. Mean, he reba- yeah. But is he? Good? Can he play anymore? He just doesn't move well. I know Yo, he rebounds he is, he his offense. He still has it. What do you mean? So he doesn't even play? Because right now he he ranks in the hundred percentile in defensive rebounds and offensive rebounds, and he also ranks in the ninety five percentile that steals from the center position. He also and ranks in the like a hundredth percentile and not playing many minutes this year. But he does play minutes. Actually, he played like 12 minutes a game, and he's right now he's producing six and six. That's great production in the time that he no, plays. I know. He's, so. play, he's playing about 13 minutes a night for the Bulls this year. I mean, he's – if you need a guy that could give you that and rebound a little bit, he's shown shot block. It's just such a weird career. The guy was like an all-star one time, yeah. well, a couple times in his career, and it's just he's bounced around since. And I know Philly liked him last year. And then they moved him in the, the trade with Brooklyn in the, the Harden-Simmons swap. But I don't know. I mean, I just have questions about can he help you that much? And how bizarre is this, you guys, that he's how old? 20, 29 yeah, years yeah. old? I just want. I think I want more. That's why I keep going back to Vanderbilt because I think he can play some backup five in these small ball lineups. And I want some more athleticism. I want a guy that can go get after it. Like modern day NBA. You know what I mean? Look. 
Andre Drummond, he's still a lob threat, though. He still be dunking on people, catching – like, he be doing some crazy finishes. They don't ever have to be dunks. He can tap them in and stuff like that. He's really good. You guys got to really check him out. And for a team that needs toughness that we have been complaining about, Andre Drummond will solve that completely because – to bonus and Andre Drummond, imagine that that's like the top two rebounders in the league. Yeah, he's honest, so. he's fine. I mean, I it doesn't it doesn't completely move the needle for me. Um, yeah, he I'm, has some offensive limitations for sure, but yeah, I go, I kind of Buddha, I kind of go. What does he add that that changes things? You know, I feel like he he can add things that you already so have even the bench i would say but what about so like don't have nobody that, what about alex len it's a bonus go out it's nobody that can really rebound like that I, I have, it's alex, also defend defensively though do are you comfortable with him defensively yeah because i've seen him switch on jason tatum a couple times like in the pick and roll he can drop back and navigate throughout screens and stuff like that you got this guy got really check him out he's pretty good I've, he's doing his thing hey, are you related I'm getting, I'm getting, to him? Buddha, I'm getting mad at you now. You're acting like I've never seen Andre Drummond play. Like I've never no. you just brought up his name. Like I've like, oh, that's a, the first time I've ever heard his name before. Is he an NBA no, player? I'm saying lately though, you really gotta check him out because people is like down on him, like saying he's not a good option. Like he really is, because like I said, he can navigate through like picks and he picked up Jason yeah. Tatum a couple times and stuff like that. So um, I think we should check him out. I think no, I I appreciate the call, Buddha. And I, I think I think his point overall is is valid. It's fair to be like, hey, take a look at this. Um, The way he was sticking up for him, I'm starting to believe like they're best friends or they're related (laughs) or something. But at the same time, uh, with Andre Drummond, he doesn't scream like modern day NBA to me, right? Like where I don't look at him and go, oh, yeah, he's versatile and can really move. And seeing him in a pick and roll, being able to – to guard switch on Jason Tatum what was it two possessions that that happened that um you know Buddha happened to see and yeah. then was like oh yeah it's doable is it doable for a whole game um i i get it but at the same time it doesn't do much His, for me he is a really good rebounder yes. there, and that's you can't deny that we got so much more to get to on the show today we got to talk more about the Kyrie Irving deal the, he lands with the Dallas Mavericks can we see more fireworks at the deadline? Yes. I can't wait. We'll talk about that. We always stay live at youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. It's Deuce and Mo. Deuce and Mo on Sac Sports. Sounds like De'Aaron Fox could be playing tonight against the Houston Rockets. King's going to need him. In a big way. They have not looked the same. Hey, I'm Deuce Mason. That's Morgan Reagan. If you're listening to us on your radio, we appreciate you. We also would encourage you to check out the YouTube page, youtube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140, where you can join all the fans chatting away with NBA trade ideas, hot takes, jokes, laughs, a little bit of everything. Morgan, you just asked me something a second ago before we went back on the radio side what saying... Asked? What do the Lakers do now? Oh, yeah. What do the Lakers do now? So we all assume, like, uh, Kyrie's going to end up with LeBron in L.A. Dude. It sounded like Joe Sy, the owner of the Nets, was like, no, we're not. Like, we are not doing that. You know what? He has, he has made my life challenging as an owner. Uh, I am not giving him anything he wants. So they end up trading him to Dallas, and now he's paired with Luka Doncic. But now the Lakers, like, how's LeBron feeling? He tweeted, maybe it's me last night. No one knows what that means. What Was that a lyric? Maybe it's me. 
Maybe it's you. Is that a song or are you making this yeah, up right Chris, now? Chris, you know that song, right? Heard it every day. Yeah. He is that sounds like something that was from like the late nineties. Maybe it's everything around me. Maybe it's me. Okay, Maybe. now it's more of a early two thousands emo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's listening to is that like Hawthorne Heights? Like what is he Why is it me? Why is the problem me? <laughs> you said you were never leaving me, but now you're gone and I want you back. Yes! No, so it's probably not a song lyric. That is not a song either one of us were singing. And LeBron James, obviously, God, if I had LeBron James money, money. Here we go. I would never be on social media. Like, ever. You just, there's no reason to be. Maybe have someone post a few things for you. I just would never be because then... You do these things, and everyone wants to dump on you, and then everyone wants to say, you're not as great as Michael Jordan, because like there was no social media for Michael Jordan to go on anyway at the time. But my whole point of that being, he puts that out there, Deuce. Let's not – trust your instincts, people. Trust your instincts. It's about the Kyrie thing. Okay. It is, 100%. I always I love when athletes – they tweet something during a time where they're kind of in the news, and it's very obscure like that, and then later they're like – Guys, it's not about that. Not everything's about them. Like, then why are you tweeting right Thank now? You, Thank you, you know you're in the news. Like, you're going to tweet right now. We're, we're going to assume that's not what it's about. Thank you. It's just like when the trade thing happened. When the trade demand happened, he put out the eye emojis. Even assistant coach Phil Handy replied to him and put the eye emojis. I'm like, guys. What are like, we one, doing? I don't need my assistant coaches tweeting eye emojis when a player requests a trade. Facts. Anyway, it sounds like... We, well, we learned some more, according to Chris Haynes, about some of the trades that yes. the Nets denied. Apparently, they received an offer from the Lakers. It did include two first-round picks. Those two first-round picks the Lakers have been talking about, the 27 to 29 and the Westbrook. Mm-hmm. And apparently, Phoenix' offer was Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, and some uns- unspecified picks. Insane. Insane. If you're Chris Paul today, there's got to be some communication there, right, to understand that you are going to be... In trade talks, which is surprising that he is at that point of his career again. And I say again because remember when everyone was like, he's a lost – was that with Houston and then to OKC? And then OKC, he – found his his the second part of his career he became plant-based and um, became healthy again and found a way to lead this young team to um, some good winning basketball and now he's back in that same spot where his he's just not the same the the Chris Paul thing is interesting to follow because I didn't realize this about his deal um his deal for next season is what? A partial guarantee. Oh. He is slated to make $30 million next year. Only $15.8 million is guaranteed. It becomes fully guaranteed on June 28th. That's it? And then the 24-25 season, it's non-guaranteed. It becomes fully guaranteed in June of 2024. So the point being is, it looks, oh, it makes $30 million, but like... He could be a guy that's on the move because of his contract situation. Yeah. And you could trade for Chris Paul and... It may be in a situation where it's like, yeah, I mean, it's it's only fifteen million guaranteed. That that changes things, I think, in the trade market. So that's kind of an interesting nugget. I didn't even realize about the Chris Paul thing. 
Yeah, we talk about how LeBron's feeling. I'm sure LeBron's going, oh, my God, I need help. I That was my way out. I don't know where they go from here because it doesn't seem like anyone wants that Westbrook deal. No. And if you trade Westbrook, what are you really getting back? I still think there's a hope like that something with Utah could be worked out for them. Could you get a Mike Conley? Could you get a Clarkson? What could you do with Utah, you know? Well, I got an idea for yeah. the Lakers. Is it time? And this isn't crazy, so nobody tell me I'm crazy. Is it time to make a big AD trade? And maybe that's the direction you go. But that's not helping you this year. No! Like, I mean, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can... You, there's a larger case to be made. It's like, hey, we're not going to win with this group at all. Let's just blow it all up and move on. But they're not going to do that. Like, it's just not like... Trading Anthony Davis for what? What's that going to do for them? What like, if it's KD's just not... still in the picture? What if, like, what if there's... So, yeah, but again, if you're the... What's... They're trying to win a championship. That's all he cares about. He wants to win a ring. At this point, now it's like, can we just get to the plan? Can we be a, a competitive team? I don't think that does anything. Hmm. Do you think Kyrie would have done anything? Oh, I think that would... Yeah, I do. Okay. Yes, I think Kyrie with LeBron and AD, that's pretty scary. And that, now, are they a championship team? I don't know. I mean, the West is weird this year. The West is open. Like, who is a favorite? You got Denver, who looks legit. They have some great moments. I don't know if I trust Jamal Murray's health all the way. Same with Porter. Then you got Memphis. I got John Morant's, like, friends. Either they've got a laser Shining oh, at Pacers, Staffers. Was it just a laser it pen? It was not just a laser pen. Were they firing their own beam? It was not. Their or was own it beam. a gun? It was a gun. That we, we don't know. That the athletic group. That's insane. That's a weird dynamic going on. You've got the Kings are the th- third seed. Obviously, it's weird in the Western Conference right now. It's very weird. Yes, there's guns and lasers and injuries and trades, all yeah. of the above in the Western Conference. It's just a yeah a movie. Well, and then you had even Stephen Smith, Stephen A. Smith today, like bring up. Well, there's a chance that Boston's going to go hard after Kevin Durant. Chris Haynes mentioned the Phoenix Suns trying to get Durant. I don't know, like how do I don't think anyone knows how Durant's feeling right now. Yeah. Some say, oh, he really likes Finney Smith. I look at the Nets team at post-trade. I'm like, it's still an intriguing team. They've got a ton of wings. They're long. They're versatile. When Durant's healthy, it's unbelievable. But also, there's a part of me that wonders, maybe he's ready to be like, you know, I tried this thing. Dude, I came here. Yeah. I mean, think about where, again, trust your instincts, Deuce, about where he was in the offseason to where he is now, right? And then finding his groove with Kyrie actually being here, but then still weird stuff going on with all of his off-court issues and then um, then asking out for a trade. And now this trade happens. Then you see things that like uh, him, him and Ben Simmons aren't like anything special together relationship wise. Like they don't just like kick it, uh, you know, in, in their free time and not to say that always matters, but at the same time, there's things when you don't have that chemistry, you're not having fun. I think it's, it's time to break it all down. Steve Mm. Nash. I mean, did anyone forget about Steve Nash was there in the beginning of this year? That was like five years ago. Thank you. Don't forget about Kenny Atkinson who they got. Oh my God. Uh, Who's the person on line one? Chris, is it Lorne? Yeah. Lorne, okay. What's up, Lorne? What's going on, y'all? How you doing, man? I'm good. It's a, it's funny. I called initially to talk about uh, a guy that I thought the Kings should pick up, and then I heard you guys talking about all these uh, superstars. 
Um, so let me make a comment on that if I can first. Yeah. Uh, you know, these guys, KD, AD, LeBron, Chris Paul, Kawhi, I'm so tired of the miscontent, malcontent superstars that we have that just pop the teams and, you know, and I, I, you just mentioned half a dozen of those folks. I wouldn't want a single one of them on my NBA team. Mm. Not one of them. Um, and, and for me, if Kyrie Irving was coming to my team, I'd, I'd stop rooting for that team. Um, these guys are, to me, they need to find their way out of the NBA so that we can have players play like Fox, like Harrison Barnes, that just play and do their jobs. Well, And, uh, and Lauren, are, to, better, to your point, I think this should be a, a strong lesson to teams and front offices around the league, right? Like, they have tried so long the last, what, 10 years trying to form these super teams, mm-hmm. right? Because Golden State was able to do it, and it's totally misguided. Golden State was able to do it because they drafted the right guys Boom. and built a culture around a guy who loves basketball and Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. They get Draymond in the second round, and what do you know? They attract Iguodala. Then they eventually attract KD. They were able to form a legit team, and that's what they want. That's how they won. Milwaukee, what they do? They they drafted Giannis. They were patient. They tweaked around it. Added guys who like to hoop, like Drew Holiday. They somehow get Chris Middleton, who was a second round pick by the Pistons. They land him. They form a team. Denver has a team. They have built and they've done it through the draft. Just putting these guys together is short sighted. Yeah, on paper it looks amazing. You got Harden. You've got KD, you got Kyrie. This is the best team ever assembled. Mm-hmm. You know, same with the Clippers, George and Kawhi. All these teams, LeBron, AD, they have won Jack crap. They haven't done anything in this league. So uh, I, I'm with you. Like, I build the right way. Yeah, it's to me it's goofy, right? And I coach, I've been coaching in sports for a long time, and I'd rather have a team full of effort guys than skill guys. We can teach the skill sets most of the time. But it's the effort guys that make good teams. Um, along those lines, because I don't really want to spend a whole lot of breath on those guys, but along those lines, the guy that I think that the Kings should pick up, and I don't know how this would work, and I don't, I don't really follow the NBA too too much because of a lot of what we're talking about. But the guy that I think that would would fit with the Kings and make the Kings next level would be Pascal uh, Siakam from Toronto. Um, yeah, which I- you know, six eight length. Um, really good defender, puts points on the board, rebounds, assists. Like, I don't know how you'd grab him, but that's a guy that makes his team complete in my mind. Appreciate you checking in, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, I like Siakam a lot. I think it would cost you a lot to get him. Yeah. I mean, no. and it's, He's a super we, talented player. We can name play, And I agree with him, though. It's all about the effort and not – that's why when you're scouting guys and you see, man, look at that skill set. But what type of teammate are they? What type of player are they at practice? All those things matter, and that's what you see Monty McNair and Wes Wilcox starting to build here in Sacramento. You hope so. Oh, I know so. Hope it leads to some more wins. we got a break. We're way late. Uh, we'll keep it live at YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. It's Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. It's Deuce and Mo on your local sports leader. Sacktown Sports. It's weird that it's Super Bowl week. 
Oh, yeah. I forgot I about I guess that. if the Niners were in it, we would be all wall-to-wall. The Niners! Huge! But yeah. with, like, Eagles-Chiefs and it's Monday, everyone's just getting to Arizona. The media's there. The teams are there. It's like, how do you break it down for, like, five days? I'm an NBA gal. I know. We like hoops. I mean, it's, the Super Bowl is, I don't know if you just... Is it a big deal? Huge deal. Wow. But the NBA trade deadline is Thursday. Yeah. There's been so much talk about Kyrie Irving and him being traded to Dallas and people wondering how KD feels. Stephen A. Smith might have had a throwaway line today on first take, but he was mentioning the possibility of Durant getting traded and that Boston would be interested involving Jalen Brown, stuff that we heard about in the past when Durant requested a trade not too long ago. Yeah. I forgot about uh, that. Yeah, remember this? Do you remember? KD actually requested a trade over the summer, then came back, and then they fired Nash, and then... Kyrie was like, I'm going to be with seven, KD forever. And now Kyrie demand trade. He's gone. Okay. You keeping up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know this is not going to happen. I'm just asking the question. Okay. If you could keep Fox and Sabonis, would you trade for Durant? If I could keep Fox and Sabonis. I, I know it's very I vague. Trade? It's like, that means you're giving up probably like Keegan. You're giving everything up everything. you like. Yeah. Keegan, probably Herder. Okay. When picks. I say this, okay. just know that I love everyone. And the only reason why I'm saying yeah is because I think Kevin Durant is the answer for any team practically. Um, Not the Nets. Paired with the right amount of teammates. <laughs> Well, <laughs> that actually play basketball and don't complain about other weird things. Fox, Sabonis, and KD would be a pretty sick trio. That's what I'm saying. KD reuniting with Mike Brown? The same Kevin Durant that after the Nets hammered the Kings, on, or excuse me, the Kings hammered the Nets on national TV was just praising the Sacramento Kings. Mm-hmm. Talking about all the talent they have. <laughs> we know KD likes hopping on bandwagons and joining forces with other all-stars. Well, didn't we just learn Sabonis is an all-star? Yes. Fox is probably going to be named one in the next couple of days. Facts. Kevin Durant can hop on the Kings bandwagon. Would you welcome him on? Come on board the Kings bandwagon. <laughs> I, I mean, on it. Look. We know it's not going to happen. Thank you. We know. This yeah. is just fun exercise. We're just having fun. But if, like, you could swing a deal and land Kevin Durant and you get him with Mike Brown, who he knows pretty yeah. well, he's just familiar with the offense, put him with some grit. Let's go. Now, let's go. Because this is fun. Obviously, a lot of money is being spent, but what you are putting money to is. Is into a championship, right? It's championship or bust. It's not like, oh, great, the Kings are going to make the postseason. It's, oh, the Kings are going to win a championship with that combo of guys. Talk about a super team on the front cover of Slam Magazine. My goodness. You would have to be giving up some future picks, which complicates things because of the herder deal you made with Atlanta. Oh, yep. But I don't know. Again, fun. You would do it, right? Kevin Durant's probably the only person I would do it for. Uh, available, you're talking about potentially available. Yeah, like who? Like even even LeBron doesn't do it for me. Okay. No, wait. Why? It's He's fine. toward the end of his career. I mean, not to say that Kevin Durant isn't getting older too, but yeah, LeBron doesn't do that for me. Let's check in with TC. What's up, TC? What's up, Bishamo? How First you doing, of all, man? I haven't called in. Congratulations to you guys. I'm Thank all right. Congratulations you. to you guys. I haven't called in. Yeah, where you been, man? 
Man, you know, I've, I've been in the chat. You guys have been seeing me. I've, I've been in the chat. I just haven't called you guys yet, bro, but you know. It's all good, man. You guys are doing good. What's on your mind? Well, check it out. So, Mo Deuce, look, me, in my opinion, I believe the issue is, is it's a few things to me. So, the, number one is Mike Brown. I love everything he's done, the culture, everything he's brought, but he has things to work on as well. I believe that we're not established as a team to just come into a game going six or seven deep, maybe five. I mean, maybe six deep. We are a team that need to go eight or nine, maybe even ten men. You get what I'm saying? Those mm-hmm. guys on the bench, need, they need run. We're not established enough to be like, oh, let me throw out six or seven. And then on the flip side, if this guy isn't playing, I'm going to pull him and he might not play five games. Those are things that he needs to work on. Like, if a guy's not cooking, pull him out, then put him back in. Don't pull him for five games, bro, and then we don't see him again. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. That's messing with confidence. That's messing with a lot with this team, bro. Another thing is last. We have to do – I understand with the whole drive to the paint and then kick out and spray for a three. We have to know how to balance that out, like when to do it and when not to. Because I'm seeing a lot of us drive in the lane, and then they're like – the basket is right there for a floater, yeah. but they're like doing some crazy pass to get out there and shoot some wall of three. Well, no, and TC, on, what you're saying right there, I, I want to stop you there because this is a great point. You need to still at least make it look like you're trying to score. Correct. If you're just going and driving and kicking yeah. every time, it becomes very predictable for opposing defenses. It does, and that's and you know what, Deuce, that what that's what, everything I said. That's the part that irks me the most, bro. I was watching so much of the game last night. Like, what are we doing? Like, it's okay when we're like high octane and we're shooting our threes and we're making them, but if we're not hitting from outside, bro, and we just continue to keep doing that, bro. It's a bad look. Also, when we have a team in a penalty, say we get a team in a penalty with like five or six minutes left in the quarter, drive to the paint, bro, and get in foul trouble. Stop jump shooting. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Mike has things that he has to work on, bro. We have some things to tighten up. Seriously. Yeah. That's and, all I got. And TC, I appreciate it. I mean, the yeah, perspective thanks. I try to have, too, is like this time last year, they had 18 wins. I think I heard, was it Frankie Cardicelli today on with the morning show with Dave and Jason? He was talking about, like, yeah, they were 18 and 34, and they had lost seven in a row at this time last year. Wow. So the turnaround has been... Pretty nice this season. Yeah. And I think we have to realize there will be growing pains. And there's things that Mike's going to have to alter throughout the year, too. And the guys have to be better at. I thought I thought TC's point was interesting about talking about the rotations and, like, having to trust more guys. And I think as you keep becoming established as a team, like he's saying, you're able to not play a guy, a guy three games and then put him in and trust him because that's just how your rotation works. But they're just not there yet. He needs to keep on giving these guys this experience in NBA minutes. God, the show is flying by. We're going to talk to you guys more coming up. We always stay live at youtube.com slash Shacktown Sports 1140. And by the way, King's announcer. He does play-by-play. He hosts pre- and post-game on NBC Sports California. Kyle Draper joining us at 1. we got so much to get to. It's Juice and Mo on a Monday on Sacktown Sports. Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. It's Deuce Mason. It's Morgan Reagan. We are live. I just saw we have a new program director at the boss? station. He just walked by. And we're dancing? Yeah, I was pointing at him like, hey, what's up, man? I got a little wave. He did, was yeah. It, it was kind of like a wave like, yeah, enjoy your time. No, he's probably like, who 
are you? His first move, he fires us. Who hired you? We didn't, I didn't hire yeah, you. Who the hell are you guys? Yeah. Go, 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 go do a podcast, you bums. <laughs> your glorified YouTube channel. You guys are wannabe YouTubers. You're not even, you're wannabe TikTokers. Ooh, is this how he's going to talk to us he, on he our just, first Yeah, day? he just destroys us. <laughs> Loser, idiot, Bye. We wait till April 1st. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm Deuce Mason. That's Morgan Ring. And this is the start of our third week back on Zachtown Sports. If you're listening on the radio, appreciate you. You should know that if you go home, though, or you're at work, just throw us on YouTube as well. YouTube.com slash Zachtown Sports 1140. So you could be in the chat with all of the deuce bags and morons. It's grand old time in there. Let me tell you. Morgan, what were we talking about we wanted to bring up? Oh, we were going to bring up Buddy Heald and oh. what he had to say after the Pacers beat the Kings. I know we were so focused on the Kings' loss the other night, but I told you on Friday, I can't stand losing to the Pacers mm-hmm. just because of the trade. Um, I also love Kings Insight on Twitter doing comparisons to Chemeze Metu and Tyrese Halliburton, how Chemeze Metu has better numbers than Tyrese head-to-head in their meetings. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's amazing. Uh, it's amazing. Buddy Heald. Give him credit. The guy had like a 20-10-6 and six game. He Great had a, game. He had a dunk. He was really good, but of course, after the game, he trolled the Kings a little bit. I mean, it was, especially against the old team, it's always good to uh, win. But, uh, you know, it's just it's a regular game. You know, they approach it, you know, and I approach it the right way. Uh, of course, it's not a lot of booze. It was last time. It was like, you know, <laughs> that was the last time. But, you know, we got to light the beam tonight, so it was good. No, dude, that's not even the cut that I heard. Uh, you mean it. the one that the, when he was coming off the floor with the Pacers, he said light the beam again. So twice post game, he said light the beam. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Oh, listen up, buddy. He's not listening, buddy. I know you're not listening. Yeah. What what was what were the Pacers doing with Buddy just kind of leading the way with Tyrese out, losing like every oh, single game? That's where you're going with it. I. It pains me to say this because I've been like, hey, fans, you know, Buddy Heald had some fun moments, game winners. You've been really far too nice. The three-point makes, but God, man, it, it's just so disappointing that someone who played here could be so petty. It's like, dude, move on. Move on. You cried. You were like, oh, they better re-sign me or it's gonna, it proves that Sacramento's always staying the same. They re-sign you and then you just pouted. The last year and a half he was here, what did he do, Morgan? He chucked up every shot he could. Every he shot. He didn't care about playing team basketball. He didn't care about playing he defense. He had one foot out the whole last year and a half he was here. Correct. And to this day he's saying light the beam. Yeah. If I, the Kings had a beam while he was here, it would never be lit. No. No. He's probably one of the more... And he put it as his Instagram captions, a JJ sub. Yeah, his Yeah, dog. no, you guys, he's one of the more annoying players that's ever come through here. <laughs> no, I'm serious, and I'll never forget when Kobe Bryant died and we were all in the locker room, and he has a daughter, Buddy Heald has a daughter. <laughs> and the whole, the Kobe, like, his existence was being a girl dad, right? And Buddy was like, I can't wait to have a son to teach him the importance of... <laughs> And I'll never forget that because I'm like the only woman in the locker room in the huddle like this. I cannot wait till he's not here anymore. So, yeah, if he wants to get petty, I can get petty, too. Oh, you just got petty. Oh, I did get petty. Uh, Morgan. Yeah. We do this. I I wanted to do this every day, but now where I feel like we're just doing this on Mondays, which is fine. Okay. I think it's time for a little dog. 
Dog of the day? It's the dog dog of the day. Who had the best night in the world of sports? Oh, yes. If you guys have some performances from the weekend that you go, oh, that person's a dog. Let us know. YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. You can also call us 1-800-920-1140. Morgan Reagan, who's your dog? Ooh, okay. I'm going to have a dog of the day, and everyone's going to be like, what, what, who, what, why? It doesn't matter. I can barely say her name. I want to make sure I'm saying it right, but Alicia Bumgarner. Okay. Okay? And she's a fighter. And a boxer. A boxer. A lightweight champ. Do we have the audio back there? Yes. After uh, she won, yeah. she had something to tell the world. What did you think of your performance in this fight? It was great. You know, I dug deep. Listen, I started my period today, so that should tell you. <laughs> yes. All right. Yeah, that should tell you that us women can do it all. So, yes, sir. <laughs> my girl Simone knows back there. That's exactly it. I love that we are normalizing period talk, that we are normalizing a woman's cycle and being an athlete while fighting through it. It's very important to normalize all this. It's very important when you hear people fighting through things like this and still becoming champions. Women who are pregnant while being champions out there on the basketball court or on the soccer field. It is incredible what a woman's body can do and still kick some ass. Literally. <laughs> My dog up. of the day. Alicia Bumgar. <laughs> Dog of the day. No! The cramps can't hold her down. Cramps can't hold her down. What else? The cramps. What else? Oh, you really want to know? It's the worst thing in the entire world. I just remember one person. I forget who it was. Asked you one time. You think after like, <laughs> you at some point get used to it. Someone said that to you once, and you just laughed. Yeah, no, them. it was actually oh, okay. Uh, okay. my my partner right okay. here, okay. Dave Deuce okay. Mason. It was like a couple it, weeks ago, right? It was yeah, like yeah, 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 only a couple weeks ago as I was experiencing some. Really awful pain mentally and physically, but um, I got through it not because of any of you. Uh, that week, you were my dog of the week. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Chris. Oh, wait, can I tell you a story actually, really quick before you guys get to your dogs? A story time, I so, guess. It's you know how time. you just said I was your dog of the week? I don't know if you we remember this, but last week, um, my mom went on the YouTube chat and told everyone that Morgan used to want to be a dog when she grew up. <laughs> yes. So yeah, yeah. this is what I wanted to tell you guys. We asked her, we said, how old was I? And she said five on the chat. She told me yesterday on the phone, she goes, I meant to tell you, you were actually six and a half <laughs> when you wanted to be a dog when you grew up. And I said, holy hell, why did this all occur? And she said, because we got our first family dog, which was this little chihuahua. And so then once I saw our dog, Sadie, I wanted to be just like Sadie. She said, I used to try and chase my tail. And then I asked her if she thought something was wrong with me. And she said, no, you were just my funny kid. You were the funniest kid. You made me laugh. My funny kid. Keeping funny. As you're saying six and a half, I'm like, I thought you're going to be like 16. I thought she was going there too. But yeah, six and a half. Just wanted to tell you guys that. That's hilarious. Uh-huh. Who's your dog, Chris? Not 
No, we like to say all dogs are good dogs, yeah. but not all dogs are good dogs. I'm thinking about those dogs. You know the ones where like they scratch at the door and stuff like that. They want to go out, so you open the door and those, they don't go out. Those are good dogs. They have to go out. No, no, they, but they don't. Oh. You open the door and then they, oh, they don't go out. If you scratch at the door, if you're yeah. a dog, you go have pee. to go out. There's so then no- you, you go out and you open the door like, come on, come on. No, oh. they don't do anything. Then you close the door and you go back in and then it pees everywhere. Oh. Just like, oh you don't know if the, if the dog's coming or going. And I think that describes our bad dog, Kyrie Irving. Ooh. He just Ooh. whined and complained until he got what he wanted. And I'm saying, Kyrie, bad dog. Bad dog. All right. <laughs> I'm going to end with a good dog. I like that one. Oh, I'm going to the gridiron. I know, like, hey, we're tying NBA trade deadline. But, you know, Trent Williams is a dog. We know Trent Williams is a dog for the 49ers. A lot of people concerned that maybe Trent Williams would retire, uh-huh. which would be a huge loss for it the Niners. It would be huge. He's not retired. He's coming back. We found out Trent Williams is back. Trent Williams adds that toughness. One of the best players. Dude. You hear it all the time. And NFL players, they go, oh, no, it's not like, oh, best offensive line. He's one of the best, most smart, most smartest is what I was going to say. He's the most smartest? He's the most smartest. Are you, I, Ever. I, I swear. You got good English. Yeah. <laughs> He's the most intelligent player in the game. No, Trent Williams is back. He is one of my favorite players in the league. He's a dog. Yeah, I good job. Love, I love that one. I think that's a great one. I think so many people at the end of that NFC Championship game were like, man, the Niners, they're just losing control because you saw Trent Williams pick up a human being and chuck him to the ground. I he, that loved, guy deserved it. He sure. deserved it, one. Two, I loved everything about it because nobody got hurt, one. But two, it just showed what type of teammate Trent Williams is, what type of person he is, what type of football player he is. I'm glad that he's back in the mix. Good for him and good for the Niners. Dog of the weekend. Now we got a break. We're going to go to another dog. Oh. Oh! He's a dog. Don't you think? Don't you yeah. Think? Oh, yeah. Kyle Draper's a dog. Especially when he's mad on TV. I oh. love it. When when Kyle is fired up, Whew. it's the best. Uh, he's going to join us coming up. We'll get you ready for Kings basketball. Sounds like De'Aaron Fox will play tonight. Oh. NBA trade deadline's oh. coming up. Oh. We got a lot to discuss. Kyle Draper joins us live coming up on Sacktown Sports. And Mo. Deuce and Mo. Sacktown Sports. Oh, yes. Kings back in action tonight. God, they need a win bad. Darren Fox not on the injury report, so that could be Ooh. good news for the Kings as they wrap up the final two games of this road trip against the Houston Rockets. Let's bring on one of our favorites. A guy that gets me fired up, man. When he yes. is, when he's fired up after a game, like yes. he has been, speaking the truth, I love it. Let's welcome him in. He does play-by-play for the Sacramento Kings. Of course, you see him in studio on NBC Sports California. He's the one and only Kyle Draper. What's up, Drapes? Yo, what is happening, people? What is happening? Dude, how you doing, man? Good, man. Just out here in the Bay Area right now, enjoying the sunshine. Uh, got the news, De'Ara Fox is not on the injury report, so things are looking up. And we need that, uh, Kyle, because we saw you last night after the game 
after a loss like that. When he throws the game plan, oh, that's when you know. You know. <laughs> you know Kyle Draper is not happy. So I'm sure you're happy to see that Dearn's going to be back and hopefully the Kings can pull out a win against Houston tonight. Yeah, you know, what's so interesting about where the Kings are right now, and this is sort of reminiscent of an earlier road trip in which they struggled. You know, if they win these last two games, they're 4-3 and three on the road trip. And I think, you know, when they left out, we would be okay with that. But it's just that the psychological feel of it, right? It just feels worse than what it really is. But you go out there, you get your boy Fox back, you win tonight, you win Wednesday, 4-3 and three on a road trip. I, I think any team would take that. No, exactly, especially with Fox missing a couple of games. I- I'm curious, looking back at last night's game, what bugged you most about, about that loss? Just the energy, the, the lack of energy from that starting unit. It just, you know, I, I thought, you know, Della Madova and Malik did a great job with that second unit coming in and try to, you know, provide some sort of energy. But just, just the, the lack of, you know, just, you know, it, it didn't look, it looked like they didn't want to be there, right? You know, yeah. it just seemed like, all right, let's just lose this game, get on out of town. And so Kenny said it on the postgame show. They look lethargic. And, you know, for, for all five starters to look that way, um, you know, that, that that was kind of disheartening, to be honest. Yeah. How are you feeling about Kevin Herter right now? I feel like, you know, not seeing him shoot well has been disappointing. But then on the defensive end, too, that's where that's where he usually could pick it up with um, his effort, you know, for his lack of shooting. What are you seeing from Kevin Herter right now? Well, I, I think, you know, and not only with Herter, I, I think all of the guys – I think they're fatigued. I think they, they need this all-star break. You know, I, I thought it back in December when I was watching them and I looked at how they played and the pace at which they played. And, and you know, Mike Brown, the, the way he practices them, you know, it, it, I'm like, I don't know if they can sustain this level of play for a full 82. And I think what we're seeing is this team is just exhausted. They're tired. Like I said, they're practicing a lot. And, uh, you know, I, I think this all-star break can't come soon enough for them. See, I'm glad you brought that up, Kyle, because Morgan over here, I brought up, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not hating at all, but they do practice a lot. I mean, you travel with the team too. You see it like they'll, they'll get into a town and they'll go to the practice floor and they're, they're trying to get some stuff in, you know, Brown's a perfectionist. He has standards. He wants things a certain way. And I'm like, I think they might just be tired right now. Like there's a fatigue factor. It's not trying to make an excuse, but it's tough when you're 50 games into a season. You're on this long road trip, and you the all star breaks inside. I just wonder if it's like Brown should maybe go. Hey, all right, we're we're gonna do more film than anything instead of going on the practice floor. Well, and I think that's one of the things. As Mike Brown, a veteran coach, you know, you, you got to uh, gauge the pulse of your team. Yeah. The uh, you know the the vibe of your team, and you rely on your veterans. You know, he said it before. He relies on. Uh-oh. Drapes? Oh, we lost Drapes. Is he still there? Test, 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 one, two. All right, Chris is going to check. Went through like a bad area. I don't know. He's in the city. Uh, Drapes is in the city, right? This He's got a- NBC today. Let's. 
He's going to try to call him back or That's something. That's fine. Um, so look, Morgan, the fatigue he got didn't, brought but, up. But and he, I think he, I think what Drapes was trying to say. Before it got cut I off. I thought I heard it. Maybe you yeah. couldn't hear it. What would you hear? He was saying Deuce was dead on with what he was saying. That's about so weird. The, I heard, blah, blah, blah. wow, well, yeah. actually they should, you know, try and use this time to fight through the mental and physical fatigue. I did. Oh, yeah, the chat's saying that's what no, I think No, no, I don't think that's heard. what the chat is saying at all, actually. Mm, okay. So. Um, but, yeah, it's still it, – I mean, that was the first thing that he talked about, though, when I started talking about Kevin Herter. And that was basically, hey, the fatigue factor is kicking in, and these guys are looking forward to the all-star break. And it's understandable, but at the same time, like – how do you push through these times? Because if you want to make a postseason, the season's going to be longer, longer. And it's going to be so much harder, too, with the way that teams prepare for the postseason. Oh, he should be back now. Let's uh, check him out. Hey, Drapes. I don't know what happened. You got us okay? Yeah, I think it's my old uh, BlackBerry uh, phone or something like that. You know, I got this song. <laughs> you don't have BlackBerry. I almost believe him. I, I, no, I know. <laughs> my uh, bad. My, no, no, I don't know what happened there. But You're uh, good. You're just talking about, like, yeah, Brown. We're talking about the practices. Brown's a veteran co- uh, coach, kind of the pulse of the team. Yeah, yeah. And you lean on your veterans like Harrison Barnes and Matthew Delzajoba, you know, to, to sort of gauge, you know, where the team is and – you know, covering the Celtics for 11 years, Doc Rivers, you know, and I understand that was a veteran group. They didn't practice nearly as much as this team. And I understand Mike Brown, new head coach, young team, want to make sure that they stay focused, stay locked in. But I think these guys are just tired. Mm. Well, okay. Now, De'Aaron Fox is hopefully, you know, back tonight. He's off the injury report, but at the same time, I feel like we got to see a lot of the flaws of the Sacramento Kings, not just because De'Aaron wasn't out there, but I think we've all have enjoyed so much good basketball that it's been hard for us to be like, hey, the Kings should make some tweaks. After the last couple of games and without De'Aaron Fox out there, do you think there's going to be some moves made at this trade deadline? I think so. And, and I think, you know, when you look at – Monty McNair's history. This guy isn't just going to sit back and let it play out, right? You know, he, he's you know been here for a couple of trade deadlines now, and each one he's made some moves. And so, I don't think it would be anything major. I don't think any of the core guys. But it's clear that this Kings team, if we're talking about making a run in the playoffs, a top three or four seed, then they need you know a, a, another big, I would say, a wing defender, and maybe even a backup point guard at this point. Mm. And that's crazy to think about. Yeah. But, but, I know. I mean, and I love what Davion brings. He brings defensively, and he came out a little more aggressive last night. But man, you cannot be in a situation where, in that Pacers game, I don't think I've seen many games like that where Brown just goes, "Yeah, we're not even going to play a true point guard because we're not getting enough offensively." Yeah, and I, I think this system has impacted Davion mm. more so than anybody else because we've seen this guy run a team. But when you're the point guard of the Sacramento Kings with DeMontis Sabonis, your requirement is not to run the team. Like, really, that's what Domas is doing. He's really the de facto point guard. Your requirement is to play off Domas, knock down shots, get to the bucket. And I, I feel like he's been getting to the basket, 
But, you know, his, his outside shot seems to have disappeared. And so, you know, his style under Luke Walton and Alvin Gentry last year is totally different than what we're seeing this year under Mike Brown. So I saw you and Kenny talking about Nerland's Noel a little bit last night. I forget if it was – I think it was on the pregame show. And, you know, that's a big – that can be a rim protector. That can play above the rim. He's long. He has length. Um, would that be the type of move that actually moves the needle for you? Um, I, I think it does. You know, um, you know, I actually maybe like Plumley a little bit more. I, I think yeah. he needs some beef. Um, but, you know, whoever they get, you know, and, and Kenny and I have argued about this on TV, I don't think whoever they get is going to play a whole lot of, min- of minutes besides DeMontis Sabonis, next to Sabonis. And so whoever you get is really only going to be a 15 to 20-minute kind of guy. And I, I think Nerland fits that. With that being said, he's not beefy. I don't think he helps you in the rebounding department. You know, I don't know how much of a, a one-on-one defender he is. Great help side guy, can block some shots, obviously. But if, if I had my choice, I'd probably go with Plumley. But the asking price might be higher, of course. Dude, this trade deadline, I feel like it could be insane. I mean, we, we saw Kyrie request a trade Friday, gets traded yesterday. What was your reaction to that Kyrie trade to Dallas? Oh, I mean, we, we knew he was going to get traded. I mean, yeah. if you're Brooklyn, you can't lose this guy for nothing. You can't have this malcontent. Uh, you know, being around the team or even just threatening to sit out. Um, Dallas, to me, was the one spot that didn't make a whole lot of sense, to be honest with you guys, in terms of a basketball. You know, obviously you want to upgrade the talent. When you get two great teammates together, they'll figure it out. But Luka is so ball dominant. I mean, so, I mean, it's it's amazing how ball dominant he is. And so who's going to be the player that sacrifices? Is it going to be Kyrie? Is it going to be Luca? I think Luca is going to have to adjust his game and maybe come off the ball a little bit. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It's like they're going to have to share. They're both heavy ISO guys. Like, that's going to be an interesting little tweak that's going to have to be made by Luca. I know he wants help, but how much does he really want help? Is he willing to sacrifice a little bit being off ball? I know you got you got to be jacked up for those games coming up this weekend. I'm not trying to jump ahead past Houston, but yeah. dude, Friday, Saturday, Kyrie in the building. Hopefully, Luca's ready to go. A huge matchup against Dallas. That place should be rocking. No, it should be, and you know you got the star power in the building. One of Kyrie's first games uh, against you know as a member of the Mavericks, and and not only that, you know it, it's interesting because when you look at the Kings, here we are in early February. Let's be honest, the playoffs have already begun. The push for the postseason has already begun. And so you're talking about a team that's threatening your standing in the Western Conference. And so it should be a playoff kind of atmosphere with the stars, what's at stake. I mean, these are two big games, I think, coming up for the Kings. Dude, what's that been like for you this year? Because your your first couple of years, one, the team wasn't very good, but we also had the year where it was like there was no fans. Mm. You know the fans are amazing, but now, like, experiencing it, like, when you're calling a game, how how, how, how do you feel when you, you feel those fans behind you? I, I feel like one of them. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like, you know, I'm in the front row or in the fifth row, whatever it is, just like them. And, and so when, when De'Aaron makes a player, it's a bonus or whoever it is, I'm out of my seat excited <laughs> uh, just like them. It's interesting you bring up those first couple of years I was here, those first two seasons. I'll be honest, I was a little disappointed because I, I knew how passionate the fans were. I watched them, obviously, during the heyday 
But you, you would go to the grocery store and nobody was talking to King, you know. It, it, you know, people just, you know, sure, they, were, they had their diehard fans, but, you know, they just didn't seem uh, enamored or into the Kings. Now you go everywhere. You guys, I'm sure, experience it. You know, everybody's talking about the Kings. Everybody wants to ask you about the Kings. And, and it's like, all right, this is what I came here for, this kind of passion where when you wake up, the first thing you say is, did the Kings win or lose last night? Yeah. You know, we didn't have that in those first couple seasons I was here. It's so it's so true when you do get to feel that sort of vibe in this city. It's it makes a difference, and I'm glad that you're feeling that. And I think right now, you know, you're probably not hearing as many um, bandwagon Warriors fans talking about their <laughs> squad, and obviously, it's tough to hear someone like Steph Curry being injured like he is. But he's injured, and he's an All Star. Kyle, does this mean that De'Aaron Fox is going to make the All Star team now? You know what? I'm gonna have to call Adam Silver up myself. Thank you. Know, you. I got him on speed dial, right? I got him on speed dial. So, no, I, I think so. I mean, it's between him and Anthony Edwards, I think. And you know, both guys are deserving. But you know, I, I think when you look at what this team is without De'Aaron Fox, these last two games have just made his case for an All Star bid even more solid because this team, you know, would would be a 25 win team, 30 win team without De'Aaron Fox, and so. I think the commissioner would do the right thing, named De'Aaron. And, you know, the baby, you know, seems to be, you know, like he's back now, like De'Aaron's back now. So I, I hope to see him next week in Salt Lake City. And one thing I should mention um, about – you're talking about kids liking the Kings and the city being in yeah. the team right now. I see drapes of kids at games all the time. Oh I see his gosh. son. He, he, I was talking to your son before one of the last games. He's so excited about getting these autographs from players. Seems like they're super into it. Yeah, yeah, they're funny, man. They, they they are fully bought in on the Kings. Uh, it's interesting though because they're still Celtics fans too. Uh, okay, the Celtics are their East Coast team. The Kings are their West Coast team. But no, they they enjoy the atmosphere, and you know, my son loves getting the autographs and seeing the players. My daughter loves being up on the jumbotron. <laughs> Y'all got to peep that. Time we're out there. Like she's one of those loudest fans, always dancing, moving around, and so yeah, they love it. They, they love the energy at Golden One. In fact, I'm down here in San Francisco right now, and uh, I was golfing with a guy, and he was like, yeah, man, I went up to a Kings game in Sacramento not too long ago, and that atmosphere is amazing. He's like, I'm a Warriors fan, but, man, with the Kings got going on right now, and it's, yeah. it's great to hear, you know, other fan bases, you know, give the Kings some love, too. Well, Drapes, we appreciate you hanging out with us for a bit. Have fun tonight. You're with Kenny, I assume, so – yeah. I can't wait. I I love your guys' dynamic. It cracks me up. <laughs> You'll go at them sometimes. It's fun. So uh, we appreciate you joining us. Yeah, Kenny knows I got to put him in his face sometimes. You know what I mean? Yes. Just because he played in the league, he think he know everything. Yeah. And I'm like, no, bro, I got some knowledge here, too. Yeah, we're back on tonight. So. Uh, all right, Draves. Well, we'll see you uh, in person on Friday, man. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. See you. There's Kyle Draper, man. Dude, he cracks me up. One, some of my favorite parts is like when Kenny will drop like, yeah, and I was doing this against so-and-so. Or every time I played at Madison Square Garden, Kyle goes, take a look at Kenny's stats at Madison Square Garden. They bring him back. He had like one exactly. good game or something. All right. Well, we'll be back in one minute on the radio side. Always live on YouTube.com slash Sports 1140. And Mo. Deuce and Mo. Sacktown Sports.
Deuce Mason, Morgan Reagan. Happy Monday. We are live on Sacktown Sports Monday through Friday. Each and every day, 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific time. Spread the word. Tell the people. And if you're listening on the radio, you can always get us on YouTube. YouTube.com slash Town Sports 1140 where there's a live chat going on. People are hanging out, having a good time. Oh, yeah. People have comments of the day's nominees. Uh, I'm sorry, what? Comments of the day nominees. Okay. You said it much smoother that time. Yes, that thank you. Good. Because you were going to roast yeah, me I if I didn't say <laughs> yeah, yeah. it smooth. Um, Kings play the Rockets tonight. It sounds like De'Aaron Fox should be back tonight, which will be Love. big. We've been talking about the Kyrie trade, trade rumors galore in the NBA. We'll hit on some of those. You can always hit us up at 339-1140, Let's check in with our own coach. He is the one and only Coach Nick, who's getting ready for an eye appointment. So he said, you have to go to me now. So Hi, Nick. Sorry. Hi, do- Hi, Samoa. How are you today? So good, Nick. What's going on? Well, I just want to say, you know, the Kings, I need to see the Green Blade tonight. I need to see the Green Blade for me, because the Kings need to lead the beam. I the fans want to see it. And all Kings fans need to see the beam tonight. Beat the Rockies tonight. Light the beam. Why not light the beam? Why not light the beam, Nick? What do you What do you feel about the Rockets? The Rockets are garbage. Hey, he keeps it real. Anything else, They're Nick? Garbage. Why not like the beam? Why not win? Why not be rocking both games? All right, why, why not? not? Why not, Nick? Right, Nick. Why we'll not? Talk to you you soon. are nothing but garbage, yeah. There's Nick. Now uh, he can go to his eye appointment. What's up, Ryan? Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing today? Oh, we are so good. Excellent. Hey, um, I wanted to point something out about the Kings and get your guys' thoughts. Um, something that's really sticking out to me is the lack of a mid-range game. That we're seeing, especially with the shooting slump that Herder's going through, uh, Keegan's going through. Kings only shot four shots from the mid-range last night, and as the playoffs get near, if they're lucky enough to make it, that's going to be a really, really important part of winning. No, that and that's fair. I think the last couple of games, that balance has not been there at all. And, you know, De'Aaron Fox is a guy who is, I feel like, Mr. Mid-range. He's one of the best mid-range guys in the league, so efficient from the midi, we've seen Keegan be, do that at times, just not consistently. We've seen Kevin Herter do that at times yeah. when the, the three-point shot's not going. But, yeah, the in-between game would be nice for sure. And I I, I think this is going to be good for the for the Kings the next two games here. you you got to get back on track against a terrible Houston team. They are 13-40. and 40. They scored 121 points in their last game and lost by 32 <laughs> points. They gave up 153. We're talking about a team that is – like 29th in offense, 29th in points per game. I think they're 28th in field goal percentage. They're near the bottom in NBA uh, in the NBA in three-point percentage, and they're 28th in defense. This team is awful with a capital A. Ooh. You need to go there and take care of business. And this is a night where I'm glad Fox is back. I want to see Fox play 25 minutes tonight. Thank you. That's, That's a, it. That was the direction I, I, I was going to go I hope Fox comes back. Plays yeah. 25 minutes tonight, 25 the next night. I want to see Delhi tonight, not because the Kings are down 30, because they're up 30 or something like there that. There you These go. These are the games where I know it's the NBA, but no, no. You need to perform at a high level. In fact, you need to perform better than you did in the first two games against Houston. You know, a couple of games against Houston, it wasn't like they were in control the whole no. game. In- it took a full, big fourth quarter, a big third I want to see them send a message tonight, respond from Mike Brown's challenges. We wanted to see 
this against the Spurs. Mm -hmm. We have wanted to see this type of performance from the Kings whenever they're playing uh, a team under 500. This is a, what, 13-win Rockets team? And it's not like you can go in there now at this point and be like, yeah, they should win this one. No, no, no. They need to win this one. They need to play basketball the right way. They need to come in and play the type of basketball that they've played against other good teams in this league. Because in the NBA, there is so much parity. And um, they're night in and night out. You see some weird losses last night with the Denver Nuggets. They fell to the Minnesota Timberwolves, but they didn't even have their guys. Jokic wasn't even playing in that game. Sure, it could be misleading when you just go to the scoreboard and you see that score. But at the same time, you still know that they're a good team. They're a good enough team to keep the score close without those guys in there, but not last night. And it looked a lot like what the Sacramento Kings did last night against the Pelicans. They had one guy missing. The Pelicans had how many guys missing? A ton. Exactly. And, uh, Trey Murphy, nine of eleven mm. shooting. So good last night. CJ McCollum, nine for eleven. Willie Ernan Gomez had twenty-two and sixteen last All night. Star. <laughs> All star. Off the bench. Hey. <laughs> Like it just has to be better. So, like I, I do not. If, I, if we come in here tomorrow, and and well, one, if we're talking about a King's loss tomorrow, what will you do? I'm, no! I may call in sick. No, um, can we do that? I'd be so yes, a hundred percent. We can. Oh, cool. Um, me too. Then <laughs> first week a new boss. Hey, we're calling in sick. Oh, you, you guys are both sick. Yeah. What what's going on? King's lost. King's lost to the damn Rockets tonight. All right, we are not coming in. But if it's a situation, seriously, if like. Tari Eason is scoring 30 tight. Or Jabari Smith yeah, wh- is dominating. Jaylen, like it just needs to be this has to be a better performance. It just it locked in. What if it's Jalen Green like well, having Jaylen that can type? get his, but okay. I, I don't need him scoring 30 efficiently. If he's scoring 30 and he's taking 27, 29 shots, fine. This is a bad think, team that doesn't know how to play the right way. Think about Shengun too. That's another guy that like yeah. knows how to get his uh, when crashing the glass and he's a guy that has great vision, can see the floor and make the right pass. Yeah, you do not want these guys to take advantage of you. Well, we need to talk some more trade deadline stuff coming up. We got yes. closing time. We are live until 2pm. This is Deuce and Mo on Sacktown Sports. and local. It's Deuce and Mo. Watch the show now on YouTube.com slash Sacktown Sports 1140. Or listen for free on the Sacktown Sports app. Ooh, I just looked at the YouTube feed. And? I just realized we are 29 away from 300 thumbs up. What? The streak to 200 continued. Can we get to 300 before the end of the show? That's when co- Coddles, Coddles and Ramey. There we go. Ramey. Cattles and Rami takeovers. Wami Wednesdays. It's Wami Wednesday. Yeah. Cattles and Rami take over at 2 o'clock. Kings basketball tonight. Kings and Rockets. De'Aaron Fox will be back. Morgan, I don't understand suspensions in the NBA. Dylan Brooks got, gets a one-game suspension for hitting Donovan Mitchell in the woo And it wasn't like – that's the, it was so like a cartoon, too. It was like his hand goes up in a little uh, – a little sounder goes off too, and everything. It was just perfectly. Doink. Yeah. Doink. Doink. Meanwhile, oh. Dylan Dylan Brooks gets a one game, but Mo Bamba gets suspended four games. Austin Rivers gets three games with after the most bizarre NBA fight you'll see in a long time, where 
Mo Bamba was like on the bench doing some jaw jack, and Austin Rivers said, I had enough. It wasn't even on the. F- there was no play that uh-uh. happened. Uh-uh. Those two were just going at it, and then Austin Rivers approached him, and it went down. Strange, right? Very, quite strange. Um, especially because you saw the play when Mo Bamba was talking, and his teammate next to him is like looking at him, like, What are you saying, bro? So we have no idea what was said still. But then whatever happened on the way back down was just enough for both of them for Mo Bamba to come off the bench and start swinging, though. He started swinging, just, and he came off the bench. I just don't understand, like, what is said that goes, you know what, I'm going up to... Like, we are in the middle of a game. Austin Rivers, your team in Minnesota needs a win. You're playing like crap against a bad yeah. Orlando team trying to make the playoffs, and you're like, you know what, I'm going to go deal with this right now. In the middle of a game, there's a turnover. I'm going to go approach the bench. Just bizarre. But... Four games for Mo Bamba, three for Austin Rivers, Dylan Brooks, track record of being a dingling out there. A dingling. After he hit <laughs> after he hit Donovan Mitchell in the, in the ding- dingling. In the dingling. Yeah. What are the odds? Yeah. It's just bizarre. Yeah. A dingling getting the dingling. I um the the Grizzlies are in a weird spot right now. John Morant did not play last night. That athletic story that we really haven't touched on. Dude. Sam Amick wrote about it, that the league investigated an issue with John Morant's, Morant's friends and Pacer staffers. Mm-hmm. So following a game between the Pacers and the Grizzlies on the 29th in Memphis, acquaintances of John Morant aggressively confronted members of the Pacers traveling party near the team's bus in the loading area of FedEx Forum. And later, someone in a slow-moving SUV, which Morant was riding in, trained a red laser on them. We felt like we were in grave danger, said one person to The Athletic. The two sources talked to The Athletic. They didn't want to tell who they were. Uh Uh-huh. Right? Uh, They said they considered filing a report with police, but decided against it for the same reason. The Pacers did alert the NBA. Mike Bass with the league told The Athletic certain individuals involved in the postgame situation and a related matter during the game that night had been subsequently banned from attending games in the arena. If additional information becomes available related to the postgame situation, the league office will conduct further review. John Morant went on Twitter about it. And did he? He did. He I did didn't... tweet about it after he missed the game last okay. night. Okay. Uh, he said they did an investigation, seeing they were capping, still let an article come out to paint this negative image on me and my fam and ban my brother from home games for a year. Unbelievable crying emoji. All I know is like, dude, w- there's there's a lot going on with Ja. His, remember his dad and Shannon Sharp uh-huh. were getting into it at one point. They made after up Shannon. though. They made they up. They did, but like, you got to clean this stuff up. Yep. I mean, first of all, if their laser was a gone, that's insane. Yeah. Like, we have to do better. This is basketball, guys. Thank you. We're a playing child's hoops. game. Yeah, yeah. And just, you have to surround yourself with the right people. Correct. And there can't be situations like that. He's all, Morant's also being sued right now. TMZ came out with this in early January. Being, there's a lawsuit, no criminal charges mm-hmm. filed, according to the report that he, punched a 17-year-old. So, you guys. Again, those that's a lawsuit out there, who the hell knows what's happening. My point is, there's just like a lot going on with Memphis right now, and you just hope because of how talented they are and how good they are as a team, they can kind of keep this together. Yeah, it's I it's just like you're kind of saying, like clean it up. Like even if you if you are going to surround yourself with a certain group of people, just make sure that it doesn't 
bleed into your career, bleed into the other parts of your life, right? I mean, that's just like there's too much good going on to allow these other little mistakes to keep happening. Just like you said, punching the 17-year-old. Well, I mean, he was accused of punching. In a lawsuit, yeah. in, In a lawsuit, right? Like these little things are where there's smoke, there's fire. So you got to make sure you're just not putting yourself in these situations and or if these if these people are going to remain in your life, like I said, just make sure it's not getting out there and it's not bleeding into other aspects of your life. On the court, there's a lot of talk about Kevin Durant now. Like, is he happy after this Kyrie trade? Is he happy with the, what they got back? Is he cool with being on the nets? He requested trade before the season. Is everything good now or does he want out? Stephen A. Smith had some things to say suggesting that maybe, just maybe... He could be traded at the deadline, which, by the way, is Thursday. We're going to be live for an NBA trade deadline special on Thursday at 11 a.m. to react to all the moves. But you start wondering if it gets to a point where he is available again, who else is trying to get in the mix? I mean, if Boston is trying to get in the mix with Jalen Brown again, yeah. what about someone like Memphis who has their picks? What about New Orleans? Like, If I'm a Western Conference team like Memphis or New Orleans, mm-hmm. that's the move. That's the, If I'm... New Orleans, I'm going, okay, Brandon Ingram. Can the Raptors do anything? I mean, they maybe, but, you know, is that a situation? How much influence would Durant have on a potential move? I would imagine he would. Okay. Would he he be excited to go to Toronto, which is him and what else? Mm -hmm. But if I'm Memphis or New Orleans? Oh, I'm with you on that. I mean, why not take the... They have young players. They have picks. Did you also, did you read the latest Woj news on um, when we were actually on? Because I know we stay on live during breaks for, yeah, it's on YouTube. Basically that the Woj was just reporting that Kyrie, the Kyrie to Dallas deal is not officially done with the league office because the Nets are still trying to find out ways to expand the deal with the third team. And if not, they'll probably just keep, keep this deal. It. Okay. But you got to remember, this is the NBA. And I, the only reason why I even mentioned that, because I... What? And Woj also says many conversations in the league are going through one team today, the Toronto Raptors. Whoa. And that's like another team to watch at the deadline. There's so much talk. The KD stuff. You've got OG out there. Uh-huh. Siakam. Yeah. It seems like they really want to move on from Gary Trent. Fred Van Vliet's an expiring deal. Do they just go, let's kind of retool? I don't know. Sam Amick joined us last week, early in the week last week, or maybe it was a week before going, yeah, I expect the week of the trade deadline to get kind of crazy. We've already seen a Kyrie deal. What is next in the league? How can the Kings get involved? We've heard them tied to like Matisse Thibel, Vanderbilt, Mason Plumlee, well, and New that, Orleans Noel. That's why, and I can't wait till they're tied to Kevin Durant. You know, that will be the day. But you heard Kyle Draper even talk about Nerlens Noel, and it was just someone that they were talking about last night because he was brought up in an athletic article connected to the Kings, and it doesn't move the needle. And then he started bringing up Mason Plumley, and Mason Plumley is someone who I think for a lot of teams moves that needle. He's been having one of the best seasons of his career, averaging 12 points, um, uh, almost 10 boards per per game and almost four assists per game. And it's really just been since January playing super well, double doubles galore, just finding his rhythm as a big in this league. And when you see him, you see a guy with a little bit more girth with the size that you're looking for. Continue to push in that direction. In my opinion. 
can they get something done though? Exactly. I don't know what I, that's. That's why I'm not an NBA GM. I don't know exactly what it is to actually go in that position. Um, that's why I keep saying, "Hey, just go for Kevin Durant, right? <laughs> Let's just make things easier." That'd be here, insane. Huh? That'd be insane. The other news that came out over the weekend. So you had the Kyrie deal. Uh-huh. You had all these trade rumors going yeah. on. Then we learned about Steph Curry out at least multiple weeks with a leg injury, meaning he's going to miss the All Star game. He's not even going to the game. De'Aaron Fox has to get in now. Right, like, does De'Aaron Fox make the All Star team? I feel like he is almost a lock. I know Adam Silver is a guy that decides it, but if Zion misses and Steph misses, you have to think that's just a clear opening for Anthony Edwards and De'Aaron Fox. Sometimes I, I, I go, oh, is it just me thinking this because we're in Sacramento and because um, I'm like a prisoner of the moment of what he adds? No, you hear it from national uh, media members. You hear it from players you hear it around the league what De'Aaron Fox adds as a player right now in his sixth season in the NBA and it's just on a whole nother level I know he sat out the last two games and you saw the drop off of what the Sacramento Kings are without him he should be that next man up uh, with these injuries in the west for the western conference all-stars if he's not it we're going to sit here and we are just... riding in New York. We're flying to Secaucus, yes. to league office, and going at Adam Silver. Well, that's going to be one thing, but also then you do have to ask the question what the hell else does he need to do? All right, coming up next, we got closing time. We'll put a bow on this show. It's Woo! flying by today. It's Do Some Mo on Sackdown Sports, always live on YouTube.com slash Sackdown Sports 1140. Sacktown Sports. Man, trade deadline week is an absolute blur. And it's going to be here Thursday. Will the Kings make a big move? We'll find out. But there's more and more talk about this Kyrie to Dallas deal. We learned about it yesterday that the Nets were trading Kyrie Irving to Dallas. But it sounds like this deal could be expanding. Woj had it first, but now Mark Stein says among the possibilities for expanding the Kyrie Irving to Dallas trade before this evening's scheduled trade call... League sources say that Brooklyn has explored the feasibility of packaging Spencer Dinwiddie, who was scheduled to go back to Brooklyn to play for the Nets. Maybe he is going to be rerouted to Toronto along with some draft capital Mm. so that the Nets could acquire Fred Van Vliet, which to me, all that tells me is they're not moving Kevin Durant. They are trying to build a team to compete in the Eastern Conference with Fred Van Vliet. You got Simmons, you got wing death and Durant that they're probably going to move forward in that direction. But as we were talking about during the break, Morgan, this is Kevin Durant. What happens if DKD's hearing these rumors and going, Hey, Joe Sy, trade me too. Cause he's done it before. He's talked about it once before. And will he do it again? We don't know how he feels right now with it's everything going on. Insane. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie. I think this is right before the trade, right before Dallas traded him, was asked about the trade deadline. Here's his perspective on being involved in trade rumors. It's an honor to be uh, in trade rumors, right? Because that means that other people want you, especially when you're talking about high-caliber guys. Uh, Getting traded last year for the unicorn, right? That's a max guy. Um, So, you know, Dallas at the time felt like it was basically equivalent value to trade the unicorn for Spencer Dinwiddie, which most people probably wouldn't have said at the time. Um... And as of now, I mean, it looks like a decent trade, right? I mean, you could have your opinions 50-50 either way. Um, 
you know, if anything else does go down and involves anybody uh, on our team or any other team, that would just kind of be my message to anybody, um, you know, to to be the centerpiece or a couple pieces that are part of a package for a superstar. Um, clearly means you're doing something right and you've built a, a quality reputation. Your body of work is there. Um, somebody like Doe, for example, uh, it just means – all the defense, all the hard work, how he built himself up as a three-point shooter, uh, where he came from is undrafted, I believe, right? And and now he is a, a, a hot commodity, um, and his stock is very high to be even in that conversation. So it, it should be a moment of being proud and understanding that, you know, business is business, and he's done a phenomenal job with his career um, and hopefully has – eight more years to go, right? If, I don't know his age, but let's say till, till he's 35, I guess. Okay. Spencer Dinwiddie uh-huh. saying it's an honor to be involved in trade rumors. Yeah. That's crazy. Can I be honest? Yeah. I was, I, I'll never forget this podcast I was listening to uh, like a few years ago now with CJ McCollum. I think he was talking to uh, Woj on his podcast and he was saying similar things this is a guy who was in portland at the time and knew that his name was always involved in trade rumors and was like in some ways it's a compliment it it tells you how other people around the league view you as a valuable piece i would hate it though imagine if in this business you're like hey there's a chance sacktown sports you they're they're talking to pittsburgh right now (laughs) About trading you to Pittsburgh. I mean, are you gonna be like, oh, I can't wait? Or are you gonna be like, oh my god, I don't want to go to Pittsburgh. Can I be honest? I, a little I, different because I don't want to talk about sports in Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. I don't Dinwiddie give a damn. Dinwiddie doesn't want to go play there. See, no, Think that's a little that. different because you're still playing the same no, game. You are playing the same. You're playing sports conversation. <laughs> no, imagine if you had to be like, hey, dude, they're talking about trading you. Believe it or not, to Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah! Yeah, okay. Now I like, hate being in trade rumors. Like we that's Who like, are you trading me for? Or is it for some great, amazing no, piece? Probably not in uh, Alabama. A show to be named later. Yeah. yeah. A future show. <laughs> yeah, a future show. We're trading you for a future show. In Alabama? I mean it better be like Connecticut it's or something. Cash con- cash considerations. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, yeah no, um, that's bad. Morgan, i my whole point though is like we talk we have so much time. What? What was that? Three hundred. Oh, sorry. It was so distracting. So, I'm just, so sorry. I thought you were. I said something that I, that you were having an inside game no, with Chris. You usually, you usually are good at just doing things, could, and I was just giving him a quick heads up. You could have just said three hundred. It's fine. I didn't want to interrupt you, so, you just, I was so like, now you, bam, now bam, you bam. really did. I mean, you're making hand gestures. I'm like, what is happening right here? Okay. Anyway, I'm just saying we talk so much about the trade minutes. deadline. <laughs> Shut up. I love the NBA trade deadline. I love talking about the rumors, but when you really take a step back and yeah. think about it, I'm like. That's so stressful. That is so stressful. Imagine if you're like married, you've got kids, and it's like, uh, honey, there's a rumor my agent called me. I could be getting traded to one of seven of these places. And then you're like uh, looking up ideas. Dude, or do I want to? Like, that's for sure. And I, because I could sit here and say, like, it's the lifestyle that you do. It, it doesn't matter. Here we go to my same line that I always say they're humans at the end of the day. And it's still, it's still chaotic. It still feels weird when you have to adjust and move your life somewhere else. And let's say your kids are going to stay here, but you're going to go there. It's East Coast to West Coast. Like, there's so many different things that you have to figure out from even ways of communicating. I think one of the craziest things that we saw 
um, was earlier this year, I think it was Brian Windhorse was at the desk with Danny Green and was like talking about a trade that Danny Green was going to be in. And he's like, actually, I know you're right here. And so this is kind of funny, but you know, they're your, your name and people are interested in you and blah, blah, blah. And putting you in this trade. And Danny Green's like, yeah, I get it. That's the name of the game. And that's where I'm at in my career. Some guys just get it. You know, I mean, it's one thing to get, but it's still challenging. Absolutely. No, I'm not trying to downplay that. But at the same time, um, yeah, I would never want to be traded. And that's why I chose a business where I can't be traded. I can only be fired. Yes. So, thank you. And that's going to happen at some point. Probably. Again? Yeah, for Again? sure. I do want to give some oh. love to everyone watching us live. Make sure you hit the thumbs up button. We got the th- over 300 again. We appreciate you guys so, so, so much as we try to grow this channel. Also, it's time. Oh, it's the 300 dance. I forgot about that yet. This, I feel like this is more for Morgan than anything. The 300 the thumbs Ellen up. Dance. I, I'm going to be honest. I, have you noticed something, Morgan? We retired the 100 thumbs up celebration. I know. The 200. We're close to retiring 300 are, because are, it's expected now. It's like we need to get the 300. We need to up the ante. We start celebrating more for 400, 500, wait, 300. It's like that's great. Why you don't got, you do the Ellen dance for 300? It's over. We've done it. It's over. It's it, you move on. I, so I'm the only one that dances yeah, here at yeah, 300 yeah. because Chris and I are like, yeah, we want a game. Now it's like we want to go farther. So um, it's that time for what closing time. Oh. Closing time. It's closing time. But before we go, you know we have to give you a last call. All right, Morgan Reagan. You see Kyle Kuzma's outfit over the weekend? I sure did. He did hurt his ankle in the game. That big, puffy, black. How would you even describe that? Puffy jacket. I got one. What was your reaction to it? Oh, I was like, that's intense. It's, um... Would I wear that? Absolutely. It was black. I love wearing anything black. It was puffy. Perfect. My style looked comfortable. I think sometimes we try to knock down guys that are trying to express themselves when at the same time, it's fashion, baby. That's fashion. Just, fashion. Just wearing, wearing something weird is fashion, just so you know, Chris. So oh. if someone got that for you, you would wear it. Yeah. Why not? You guys, it's a puffy jacket. Literally what I wear every day. It was way puffier. It was way puffier. It definitely was. It was like it was like a sleeping. He looked like he was wearing a sleeping bag. But I mean, I'll say this: it it does look comfy from like it feels like your head. Like, and you have a big head. Your head would be supported because it's like heavy. I'm sure. So it's just it would be supported. You're an idiot. Uh, But yes, I would love to wear that puffy jacket. I'm dude. Kyle Kuzma's pink sweater. To this day, the oversized sweater. You love it. I love it. But did you know it's like a $5,000 sweater? I don't love that. Yeah, no. Um, Couldn't afford. We're running out of time. Uh, we saw flag football for the Pro Bowl yesterday. Did you like it? I know you probably didn't watch. No, I watched highlights, though, today as we were doing our show. And I was like, oh, that's cool that they did it like that. Um, I like that none of the guys were wearing helmets or anything. It was just flag football because then you get a – it's good marketing for the NFL. Good marketing for I liked the it. It was individuals. Yeah. Kings, Rockets tonight. Darren Fox expected to be back. Woo! What do you got? Um, I've got the Kings, but they better not be. The Kings better roll tonight. I'm nervous. We'll be back tomorrow, 11 a.m. live. Coming up next, it's Cattles and Rami. We appreciate everyone listening and watching us on YouTube.com/slash/HackdownSports1140. We love you guys, but we got to go. See ya.